Cocoa Talk would like to thank our patrons, the real sponsors of our show. So a heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, Christina Armstrong, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Disney Saints fan, Eric Canales, Fedor Stamen, Grant Leedy, Jason Bucata, Jason Downs, Jenna Farron, Ken Reichert, Kyle Etter, Malfunk, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Richard Lorbieski, Rob Inman, Steve Bjork, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., and Tom S. Thank you very much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. talk show featuring the Tammy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, cause Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another week in quarantine. Since you've got nothing better to do, how about another episode of Coco Talk? Episode 155 is coming at you, and we've got some guests today, boys and girls. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. We are here. The panel is assembled. It is another fine week of Coco Talking with the Coco Talkers. We've assembled a panel of people with squeaky chairs for you. And so how about we go around the room and say hello to those are here. We've got all kinds of guests, some special, some eh. Um, I am your host this week, Stevie Stroh, until the ankle bracelet has been removed. We've got our resident Apple guy, Mark D. Overholzer. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be here as always. We've got a guy who definitely knows the way to San Jose. He likes it. He likes it. It's Mikey. How you doing, Mikey? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Excellent. From sunny Arizona, Rondel is there. Welcome, Ron. It's Rondo Deluxo. How you doing? Rondo Deluxo. Neighbor to Mr. <laughs> Popeil. Uh, Robert Allen Murphy is with us today. How you doing, Robert? Howdy, howdy. Doing all right. Hope everybody else is doing good. We're doing great. He's hanging out in the Tandy Shack. It's Terry Steggy. Welcome back, Terry. Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, sorry, some places. <laughs> that's that's quite all right. We got a guy who gets some things and makes us all jealous. Brian Weasler's with us. How are you doing this week, Brian? Hello, hello. We have a man whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. It is none other than 
uh, soundboard not working, but you know who we're talking about here, <laughs> Nick Moroda. How you doing there, Nick? You know Nick? what? I don't care what you say. My mom says I'm special. <laughs> so does your bus driver. Uh, so Nick is here. <laughs> we also have a brother of Ken Riker, famous uh, video game author extraordinaire. This guy makes more money than Nicholas Marentes. Uh, brother of Ken Riker, Jason Rococo Man Riker is with us. How you doing there, Jason? Oh, we're hanging in there. I got the $5 ukulele, and I'm ready to go. I think Jason was trying to leave his house today, and somebody came up to him and said, Stop right there. That's right. Says, You're in quarantine, mister. Uh, we have our backup engineer and well-dressed dude, Mark Bosley's with us. How are you, Mark? Hello. He's from Canada, and he's sorry. L. Curtis Boyle's with us. How's it going, eh? Sorry, I was almost late, but I made it. All right. He gets stories, see? That's right. We got a guy who's, uh, let's just call him Mr. Enthusiasm, and I'm not talking about David Ladd. I'm talking about the very dapper and debonair Alan Huffman. How are you, Alan? Doing just fine. Pleasure to be back. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to join you. Uh, are we on your show, Alan? Awesome. All about Alan. It's the Alan Huffman Hour. Thanks for uh, having us. It's featuring Alan Huffman and all about Alan Huffman. Enough about Alan Huffman. Let's talk about Alan Huffman. Uh, we do have a guy who's extremely enthusiastic and has got a great head of hair. We're talking about, of course, David Ladd. How's it going, David Ladd? Hello! Everyone, are we ready for this train wreck to get moving down the rails? You know what? At least it's a good sunny day here in Nebraska, and I'm enthusiastic for this show to get moving. And yes, Mikey, I see you polishing your head. You're never going to be as shiny as mine. Sorry. Uh-huh. And here we go. Let's That's get the right. show moving. Oh, my God. I think you blew my tweeter. That's it. So if you weren't aware who that was, ladies and gentlemen, that was David Ladd. That's right. And we got a guy who often finds himself saying, Oh, The thunder from down under, creator of pop star in gun star, none other than Nicholas Morentes. Good day, Nick. Good day, everyone. And uh, unlike David Ladd, I have taken my meds. <laughs> <laughs> and we're thankful for it. We've got Mr. Dave6809 with us, another Canadian. How's it going, eh, Dave? Oh, it's always going good. All right, take off, you hoser. Um, now, Darren, have you got your audio working? Yeah, I think so. All right, we can oh, hear yeah. you. Good day. We'll get to all you. Right. Uh, thanks for being here. Excellent, excellent. All right, so we have some guests who are not here all the time, so we're going to give them a little bit more time to tell us all about themselves, who they are, where they are, what they do, how they do it, all that good stuff. So how about we start with our good friend, Erico uh, Monte? Is it Montero? Yes, Montero. Montero, right. So my name is Eric, Erico Montero. You killed my father. Prepare to die. All right. So. <laughs> That's an awesome last name. It is totally a great last name. Uh, so how are you, Erico? Thanks for joining us. So to tell everybody where you are, what, what you right. did um, back in the day, all that good stuff. All right. I'm in Brazil and a long-time CP400 user since the 80s. Wanted to make animations with it ever since I was a kid. Ended up going to a cinema school for a degree. So uh, I pretty much work with this stuff. I'm a movie making, animations, illustrations. And uh, I still keep color computer at my heart. And uh, like you guys know, I enjoy doing SG4 graphics. I love the artifact colors of the color computer one and two. It's amazing stuff. And uh, it's good to be here with you guys again, right? It's good to have all this community. Uh, 
<laughs> excellent, excellent. And and in a minute, when we finish introducing everybody, we get to project updates. You got a few things to share with us too, right? Yeah. Okay. Got some got one. Oh, we'll get to there. Yeah, okay. So great, great, great. We also have another special guest who's been invited by Curtis Boyle. He and you he actually said he watched the show and he joined us anyways. So uh, Rick Eulen, as I said before the show, you've got great taste in beers, but poor taste in shirts. But welcome to Coco Talk, Rick. So how are you? Oh, fairly well indeed. Glad to find the place. So um I guess back in the day, I hung out on CompuServe at 300 baud and had a modem pack. And I found out how to upgrade that modem pack, sold a few of those, drew up an RS-232 pack, couldn't afford a good case, so I made it fit in a game ROM. Um, Dave Myers at Cocoa Pro liked those, and he sold them for a while. And based on that, I started a company, Connect, which lived for a few years. We made some interesting products and some boring products and bought a lot of Firesteel stuff. Somewhere in there, I ran into Frank Swaggart and wrote a column for TW68M for a couple of years, and uh, then child support hit. <laughs> so I got a day job, became a system administrator, been a Linux admin for 20 years. I was retired last May um, and decided rather than look for another kill yourself job by uh, doing side hustles for a living now. So I have time to play with the cocoa again. Excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. Well, we're glad to have you join us. And I think uh, Curtis would like to do a full-fledged interview with you in the near future. So we'll save we'll save some of the juicy bits um, for, for another time. But we're, we're, we're grateful that you joined us today. Um, and, and at, at any time as we're just here, uh, blathering and, and, you know, just foaming at the mouth, talking about whatever, feel free to chime in with anything at, at any point in time. And another special guest today, I'm glad you can make it. Um, but Darren, uh, is your name, is your last name spelled Ot pronounced Ottery or Ottery? Ottery. Ottery. And you're also in Australia. G'day. G'day. <laughs> yeah. And so what is it like four in the morning for you guys right now? Yeah. Yeah. I've just, I've just done the Easter egg mission. Wow. Wow. So thanks for joining us. And uh, a lot of us have been following a bunch of stuff you've been posting on Facebook with uh, Coco MIDI packs and, and sequencing music. And uh, you showed a, a demo from one of my favorite 80 to 80s tunes, uh, the, the New Order track, uh, Blue Monday, which I thought was sounded really awesome. So so thanks for joining us. So how long have you been into Tandy computers, like from back in the day? Uh, yeah, I used to go and annoy the guy at the um, the local store, the Tandy store, um, until they gave me a job. That was about 1987. Cool, 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 cool. And, and have you been playing music your whole life? Yeah, yeah. Always played in bands and writing music. And um, back in the day, I tried to get the Coco to do um, a lot of that workflow for me, but just didn't have the the money or the means to do it. So, So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Back to my... Cool. Now, are you familiar with um, who's got music playing Me, in the background? Right okay. Um, are you do you are you familiar with David O'Connor, another um, uh, musician in in Australia? Yeah, yeah. Dave and I have um, chatted a few times, and uh, we're talking about working together on a couple oh. of things. But we we bounce ideas back and forth, and, and oh, that's cool. 
That's cool. So, I, I mean, some of my favorite things are basically 80s electronica, synths, and cocoa. So the fact that you guys are fusing all of these things, you're taking all of my passions. Although I'm, I'm a frustrated musician. I never really learned how to be one. I'm a huge fan of 80s-style synth-heavy music, so I appreciate it, at least. you know. So I'm so glad we've got a couple of you guys who are keeping that flame alive for us. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to share anything with us on the show, you know, little teasers of stuff, feel free to do that. And then maybe we can schedule a formal time with you where you can really demo some of your music and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it sounds good. I finished the, um, the Blue Monday project. We shot a video for that last night. Oh, in the studio. neat. And so that, that's ready to, um, to unveil to the world, um, which I figured I'd just upload a video um, with you know, high-quality audio straight to the site and see see what people think of it okay excellent well we look forward to can that you show, can you show that video on the show here today or it's not edited um ah. so yeah and and look i think i think maybe doing a live demo uh right now which i could do uh, might be a bit unwieldy um, okay but uh, but maybe it's something we could do um maybe i should put a teaser up right i'll put a teaser to the site and then maybe we can talk about how to um, release the yeah the file. yeah now I if, so if if it's something that we can maybe schedule for next week if you've got it online I can play it online and people who are listening live will hear the full fidelity of it through the stream so it shouldn't it shouldn't step on the audio too much if it's if it's on a website or if, you know if it's a clip I can play um, yeah cool yeah so that'd be kind of cool love to hear that but yeah I'm a huge fan of of 80s synth music the whole new wave era and everything this is so cool so it's so good to hear you know people making stuff like that um, and we've just been joined by Paul T. Barton neighbor of Rondell Vos with us hey Paul welcome to the program hey can you hear me we can hear you Paul welcome yeah, thanks. I got three hard drives and three hard drive controllers all running all at once. All right. Hi, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And Hi, Paul. I'm all right. <laughs> David's excited. <laughs> David needs an excuse. And the noise you hear in the background is the darn PC power supply fan blowing right on the cocoa heat sink. <laughs> keep it cool. <laughs> well, I gotta say, and Rob Inman is joining us via audio right now. Rob, Rob, live from Arizona, neighbor to Rondell Vo and Paul T. Barton. We have Rob Inman. Rob, or do you copy? All right, my producer in the booth telling me I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties here. So hopefully, Rob will be joining us here audibly in just a moment here. Um, so it's been an interesting week, huh? Uh, we, we premiered a, a song. Who's still got that song stuck in their head from last week? Anybody besides me still have that song stuck in their head? I have Carly Ray Jepsen on a backup tape loop so I can knock it off. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the song that we're talking about right now, here's a little teaser of, uh, a little bit of Nick Marota coming at you on his $5 ukulele. Uh, Ken Reichert's in the live chat says, I'm sorry. Got some time to kill. Might play a little Zaxxon. Might Rick double Adams. back to play okay. a little Temple of Rum. Five dollar ukuleles. Daggereth, color baseball. But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all. Nightmare Highway. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so. Nightmare 
It's the song that's sweeping the nation. It's uh, it's on the top forty countdown this week. It's coming in at number nine on Whoa. Nightmare Highway. So number nine. nine. <laughs> you have a long distance. Can I get a long distance dedication? I'd uh, like to do a little long distance dedication here. This one goes out to Nick Marota. All right. So, um, yeah, cool stuff. So we, so that was kind of a surprise project that was put together. We, we, that, that song dropped last week and it's been stuck in my head. And it's a great song, great project, great story. Um, and <laughs> Rondo was trying to shake it out of his head right now. Um, yeah, Mark Overholzer says, first an auto accident, then a video game, and now a pop song. What's next? Well, actually, I have an idea of what's going to be next. Um, but um, also, so that inspired me to dust off uh, a video I recorded back in December when I interviewed Terry Steen and, um, and Ken Reichard for the newsletter. And I took a video of that because I figured we'll release this at some point in time. So it's been sitting on the shelf waiting for the for the right moment and the song kind of came out and then it was kind of the inspiration how about we do uh, the interview and the music and the commercials and we kind of make this whole little thing and so i threw that together a couple days ago threw that out there um so we so if you can't get enough nightmare highway there's the interview there's the song there's the commercials including a bonus track right a, a rough unplugged demo by the uh, world's uh, world famous nick marota on the uke right so that's a more cocoa content for your listening and view. And Rob Inman is coming in. Rob, uh, do you copy Rob Inman? W N B C. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Inman's with us. All right, very good. Uh, thanks for joining us, Rob. So, so yeah, it's been it's to me it's just been a fun week. Just kind of, it's such a happy song, you know. And we're we're all sitting around the house getting stir crazy right now. Um, so it's great to have some, some good vibes, right? So I really enjoyed that song and, and that kind of got inspired and, and I got a little bit more inspiration left in me. We haven't seen the last of Nightmare Highway content. I, I promise you and apologize in advance. <laughs> um, so what else is going on? How about we, we go around the room and we're going we're gonna to cover now our project updates and acquisitions, what we've been working on this week, anything we want to share, our show and tell. So I believe, uh, Michael Furman, you mentioned you have uh, a brief update of something you wanted to talk about with us. Yes, sir? Yeah. So I've been, uh, what did I do in the last week? Um, I haven't been on here in two weeks, so I did some performance testing with uh, PyDriveWire and Mega Mini MPI and DW Term, and I'm currently working on preparing for the next minor release of uh, PyDriveWire. Um, that will have uh, not really a feature release, uh, some bug fixes, and uh, some enhance minor enhancements and things. But uh, I'm working. I'm definitely working on. Uh, multiple ways to make uh, PyDriveWire easier to install. Um, easier to use will come later. Um, just getting people to, so that they, you know, people are screaming, oh, I have to become a Python developer to use it. Rah, 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 rah. Right. Well, I have, a, I have a couple of solutions to that <laughs> problem, and uh, hopefully they will all be ready for next week. Well, your, eff your efforts are... That's it from, from here in the... Uh, Silicon Valley. All right. Your efforts are appreciated. I really enjoyed seeing the Coco do Anzi the way it did. Uh, I, I missed out on the whole Twilight term and all these other things. I, I didn't 
BBS back in the day. So I'm kind of seeing this stuff through new eyes and knowing that you're kind of writing one oh, from scratch. Man. It's really cool to Nothing's see. Nothing's better than using a 300 baht acoustic modem <laughs> on a Coco <laughs> at uh, 32 by 16 oh. green screen. Oh, yeah. So and much no lowercase. Way to sell it. Way to sell it there. Sign me up today. Now how much would you pay? Uh, I do have a question. Yes, yes. Now, now, Michael, do any of those potential solutions involve anyone taking a long walk off a short pier? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> All right. Brian Weasler, I believe you mentioned you have a little show and tell you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I got a few things here I'd like to, to share with you all there. Um, let's see here. Let me do this real quick. Switch can't. There we go. Look at you, Mr. So, Fancy. <laughs> I got one that's kind of back there. So anyway, um, yeah, a couple books, and I got some games that uh, that I've picked up uh, over the past couple weeks. Um, this one here was I wanted to get for a while. It's the hardcover of the uh, the '69 nice. cookbook. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a kind of a fun one there. And then um, tab books for the win. Tab books for the win. <laughs> Uh, then, they published all kinds of great stuff that like nobody else would. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a nice book. It's just that a lot of the books aren't uh, aren't the hardcovers. So that's what's kind of was kind of neat about that one. Um, and then Rainbow, um, I've seen them talked about. I haven't really picked up any, but this came part of a, a lot that I had picked up, and it was the um, uh, the, the Rainbow Book of, uh, of of simulations. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got that one. Yeah, and then uh, that was the the second Rainbow. And then I have this one here, which is the uh, the third Rainbow Book of of, nice. a, of adventures. Yeah. And so I'm assuming there must be a first book. <laughs> I haven't. There's t- four adventure and two simulation, if I remember correctly. Four adventure. Okay. So uh, I'll be on the search to uh, to try to get all those together. And then um, I'm not sure exactly how the name is pronounced. The the manufacturer was it the is it Spinnaker? Spinnaker. So they've had kind of a series of different uh, educational type uh, mm-hmm. um, type of games, and I believe Holy I got them all now. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure wow. which they all were. Some were ROM cartridges, and some were floppies. Okay. But there's a, there's like a Alphabet Zoo, Face Maker, Friction, uh, Fraction uh, Fever, uh, Kinder Comp, uh, Kid Writer, and Kids on Keys, Neat. which is a, like a yeah. typing program. So Kids I believe I. I I'm trying to find out a, a list, though, but I believe I have, uh, that, I have the set. That yeah, up. that company was cross-platform, so they developed that kind of educational stuff for multiple 8-bit systems uh, of there. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen like, like Atari yeah. and some of the other ones out there. Apple, have, uh, have some, Apple, Apple. has some as well. Okay. I remember playing spin, the Spinnaker games on on the Apple's in the computer lab. Nice. School. The, the yeah, kids so. on drugs didn't go well. Kids <laughs> 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 It was uh, Nancy Reagan told him to just say it's no. It's on so. keys. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, another game here. I picked this one up. Uh, um, uh, Neil uh, Blanchard has been selling this one here, The Night Lore. Yes. So, so you, I, I picked you... that up here recently along with um, uh, some of his. He also sells the, uh, the, the ROM boxes. Okay. As well, so I so I picked up a stack of those because I had a, a quite a few ROM cartridges where I had the manual and yes. the ROM, but the the boxes were deteriorating. So 
I'm just saying, I'm just looking above your head here, and it's holy floppy drives here. We got one, two, oh, three, four, five having... uprights, and we got one, two, three, four of the double stacks. Um, is that Can that shelf handle that much weight? That's my first <laughs> question. And, and <laughs> you have a good door lock to keep a... David Ladd out of there. That's the next question. Yes. <laughs> and all those floppies. Wow. Yeah, I have controllers for all of them as well. Wow. So, David, are all, you salivating? What's that? Oh, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your doors Take locked. Take this floppy and load it oh, right now. So that is uh, that is a whole lot of floppy there. Um, yeah, it's all the different versions there from the, let's see, it be the, the silver over here, the, the silver upright all the way to the uh, the 502. Wow. Wow. So Quite the collection. Yeah. Um, who else had a I know we I know Erico's got something he's going to share with us, so we'll, we'll save him for... Just about I did last have a, you know, one more thing I'd oh. like to share if I can to interrupt here, but um, yeah. uh, I, I posted this on Facebook, but I'd like to, to say it again, though. Uh, uh, Terry Stiggy worked with me here on getting the super logo. Mm. So this, this has been one. I, I need to get the manual for it, though, but uh, I have the regular logo, the the first one. This is the super logo. So that was I really appreciated him working with me on that one. He gave me a, a, a very generous offer there. And then another one I've been wanting to get for a while, too. I picked up this one recently. It was just it was the Type Mate. Type Mate. Yep. So that's what Australians. That's what Australians say to each other. Like, hey, why don't you go and type, mate? Uh, that box put, is not even yellowed. You, you should put a little cape on the super logo cartridge. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> With an L on it. Faster than a speeding bullet. It's super logo. And uh, I know there's a couple people that got these, so I hope I'm not taking anybody's wind away, though. But Paul, is it Schubert or however? Oh Schubert yes, name. yeah. Yep. Schreiber, and so I think. Schreiber, okay. Um, he uh, he had these bag of badges that he was talking about, and I don't know if I if anybody else that's had the any deluxe color thing. computer. One of them's upside down. Yep, this was the going to come into focus here or not? Yeah, this was yeah, this was the deluxe, and then oh. this was a, a label off of the uh, multi pack, and then this must have been from the old the, the TRS eighty. This is all so, new uh, new original stock badges that because he, he yeah. worked for Tandy. He was one of the engineers for Tandy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So he he acquired a bunch of stuff. Possibly. Yeah, that's how come he has the deluxe color ones because yes. that was that limited run that then it got destroyed. And then another thing that I picked up, I've, I've never seen it before, but it's a six foot long cassette extension cord. Ex- extension cord. Um, it actually has a Tandy part number on it and everything. It says Tandy Cable, Tandy Wire and Cable Company, and um, it's kind of nice because I got the, the the cocoa behind me, but my PC is in front of me, and so I can plug in if I want to do the wave files to it. Um, it's kind of nice because it extends it all the way there. But uh, anyway, do you think maybe those were used for the? Uh, you remember the switcher unit for the classroom? Yeah, that might yeah, the network two controller. Oh, okay, yeah. that might have been yeah, but it works just great for the on the cassette though. It worked uh, worked really well. And then the last thing I wanted to share because I've been watching this one for over a year, and the guy never budged on the price and. I went ahead and shot him an offer, and he must have been tired of looking at it, though. But it was a uh, Color Computer 3 uh, keyboard. Actually, that's that a, del- a, you know what that that's is? A that's, deluxe that's a Deluxe Coco keyboard that they, oh, is it really? they sold is it off. One? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because okay. it's black. The Coco 3 is a gray bezel. Well, you're so right. That's, you're right. Okay. that's the leftover stock. from. So you've got a keyboard and a badge from a Deluxe Coco, which is more than most of us will ever have. So. Okay. Can you hold <laughs> up that keyboard one more time? Okay. Yeah. Is that that black? It's a black bezel. It's it's basically a Coco 3 keyboard with a black bezel. That's what would have gone in the deluxe Mm. color computer had it gone into mass production or made to the shelves. I didn't realize that. Okay. 
little education then. Okay, yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, That's, thank you. That is a cool find. So you've got you've got two pieces of a deluxe Coca. I just need a case and a system board, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think those Boise are a bit more rare. The only one that's got one <laughs> yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, who else had an update? Terry Steggy, did you have one? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, one I had posted on uh, Facebook, but it's the. Uh, I don't know if that glare is too good or not. It's coming off of David's head. Yeah, uh, Tandy Electronics National Parts Division. Okay, that's was so, their mail order, huh? Yeah, it's basically anything they could. It's got all kinds of stuff, like different. What I like about it is it's all their stock numbers from the manufacturers that they would get it from. Okay. So you can kind of cross-reference. Anyway, got that. What year is that from? Um, or quarter or whatever. Good question. I It does not post it on here that I hmm. can see anyway. Hmm. Uh, that's, 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 that's where, like, if somebody wanted to buy Moon Shuttle, for example, that's where you got it from that catalog, huh? for some of the third-party stuff that was not licensed to the shelves? Uh, this is more the parts, I think. Yeah, um, like I think there was a separate uh, software catalog. Yeah, you're thinking the Express Order. Oh, Express yeah. Order catalog. Okay. Yeah. okay. Neat. I do have one of those coming, but it won't be here till uh, next week, Stevie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> neat, 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 neat. I got this. Isn't completely uh, Coco related, but it is for. It's a Tandy uh, card you could put in your 1000 and watch TV. Oh, like it. an uh, analog TV tuner. Yep, kind of like the old Win TV. Yeah. You know, okay. Neat. That was kind. of – I'd never seen one. No, before. me neither. That's neat. And then I got an Owlware uh, controller. Okay. Yep. Is that the metal case? It's the yeah. metal case one. Yep. Looks kind of just like a J&M based one. Uh, yep. Who made that? Alware. Yeah. Yep. Uh, look at That's that. The hard Ooh. drive. Nice. A three and a half inches. Is that a hard drive above it too? Yep. 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 Got a hard drive above it. Wow. That's, That's pretty well exactly what we ran at work on our Coco 3, that work system we showed back then. That's the same case and everything. Oh, really? Yep. Frank Hogg used to sell them amongst others. That's what an size interesting drive was that? drive was that there. Was that a uh, was that a ten me- was that a ten meg drive or a twenty that's in that? I haven't tore it open yet. I just got it yesterday, so I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna slide her open wow. and see what's in there. But yeah, it's pretty slick. I was very impressed with it. everything's metal and it's heavy as heck. Shipping was <laughs> a little expensive. But <laughs> Hopefully, they parked the heads before they shipped it, right? Hopefully. <laughs> 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 Oh, crikey. So who else has got a, something you want to show and tell? A project you've been working on, a story you want to share, anything that's happened to you this week? Anyone? Oh. Anyone? I still have an update. Yeah. Mr. Dave, 6809, you have the <laughs> floor. Do I need to stop sharing so you can share? Do you need to share Yeah, something? yeah, I may as well share my update slash fail. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spotlight you right now. Make co-host. Um, I'm trying to spotlight you. I, I guess, where, where, are you, where did you go, Mr. Dave? Hold on. I'm still I had here. to start. Oh, because oh. you don't have video. That's why I can't spotlight you. Okay. I'm going to okay. stop sharing. You can now share screen. Alrighty. Okay. So I've been working on my own um, video from my Coco. Okay. So let's get some pictures going here. So here we go. So here's my poor Coco 2. Okay. 
Looks like Paul T. Barton's been working on it for all those video colored card wires. I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So here's my own composite video signal that I was able to get. Wow. So I was pretty happy with that. That I didn't even start tweaking it yet, and it came out really nice and clear. So Just on the breadboard? That. Yeah, right off the breadboard. Wow, nice. Yeah, that is clean. Oops, I've got another picture. So that was even before any adjustments. So I got the wires right. I plugged it in, and away she went. Now, where is my other pictures? And I will show you. So here's a picture from uh, a game, Bandito. Okay. El Bandito. Yes. El Bandito. No, that's, when that, was that, um, no, that's Bandit O, right? Yeah. Right, Nick Morota? When he was looking yep. for Time Bandit, he says, I found a game called Bandit O. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. Yes. Bandit. Oh, that was bandit. So, oh, <laughs> still embarrassed about that one. <laughs> and we'll be here to remind okay. you of that. So, oh, I know. <laughs> you, you never run jokes into the ground. That's never, never, never. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So here is my Coco at the moment. Where? I don't see a Coco. I see a, yeah, I, I slide <laughs> some stuff on it. When I uh, soldered it together, I uh, reversed one of the negative 11 volt wires or something, and uh, things took a turn for the worse. Uh oh. Yeah. Let's just say he let the magic smoke out. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, but the cocoa is fine. Okay. The, the cocoa will be back in business. So I had to do my testing because um, I'm turning my cocoa. With VGA, and I want to mix the Raspberry Pi video oh my goodness. and the Coco video. So I had to use the uh, the Coco uh, VCC and the Composite Ember machine. So my goal will be picture in picture and, and split screens for my Coco slash Raspberry Pi project. This is alchemy, sorcery. It is alchemy. It is. Okay. Burn him. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, Mark Overholzer is supposed to be sending me a replacement chip. I will be. I I'll send two of them. Mine. Okay. Until I can get mine from uh, China. Okay. Make sure you it's disinfect kind of slow, it. <laughs> kind of a slow <laughs> process. Coco VGA tests. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> So I'm still working on the VGA project, and it's going well, but um, I can't do it on my Cocoa at the moment until I get a new uh, a new chip. But okay. it's been a fun project. That is and, cool. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind saying that I failed there. These things happen. Well, you had a minor setback. This is a picture of my first video signal. Didn't quite look. Like this, it should. This is David's that heartbeat. Doesn't look like a video signal. This is David's heartbeat when we talk about floppies. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stevie, you know how to get burned. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see. One last picture here. Um, yeah. Well, no. This was before I found the black and white signal right on the chip. So that, that got me started. Now, this was without desoldering all the RF box. I was able to get a composite image. But uh, So this is a cocoa with, that you've now got on black and white? 
Yeah, well, there's one pin on the on the video chip that spits out a, a signal that you can use uh, as a composite signal. Okay. Luma. Yeah, it's the Luma signal, exactly. And uh, you don't even need the uh, the little RF box or anything. So I could still use that if I, if I get really stuck. Man, you're just a busy guy. So David, yeah. da- uh, Dave, have you seen the movie Toy Story? Uh, yes. There's a kid named Sid who would take toys. He'd take like, a doll's head and attach it to like a creepy spider bot. Oh, yeah. And the, the original Toy Story, yeah. That's you. That's you in the Coco <laughs> world. We're going to start calling you Sid. Ah. <laughs> That's pretty clean right there. Yeah, that was still in the testing phase. And uh, once I have my own VGA, VGA is a really easy signal to play with. With the colors and stuff, you can switch that around. Okay. Uh, but I got to give my, my hats off to the, the guys who did the proper Coco VGA. Yeah, Brendan. That's, that's really well done. Yes. Like, I, I'm hacking. I'll admit, okay. this is all, all hacking. I'm not looking at the books. I'm just like playing with the wires and seeing what I get. <laughs> that, that's my hobby. You know? Oh, that's cool. Speaking of phase, that picture you're showing now has the artifact in the opposite phase. You had the purple and green yeah. instead of the red and blue. Yeah. Let's say a do. quick hello to Alexander Wallace, our friend in Mexico. Viva la Mexico. Alexander's here. He says he's finally getting a chance to see us live. Glad you could make it, Alex. Uh, cool stuff, Mr. Dave. Any, anything else you got going on there? No, well... Uh, I'm waiting for the chips, and I'm going to get back at this project, and okay. uh, hopefully I'll get my original Coco 2 back. And um, But anyway, in the meantime, I'm still still working on it. So thanks for uh, letting me share this. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, anybody else had anything they wanted to uh, L. Curtis Boyle, any, uh, any update from you, sir? I'll, I'll say that for the end of the news segment. Okay. Uh, okay, then we'll get to, I'll just show real quick two things I got, and then we'll get to uh, Erico then. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I got from, uh, David Ladd last week, uh, which I've now put together, but David sent me the clear case for the Coco VGA. This is the acrylic, um, Coco SDC. Coco SDC. Yes. So this is the Tim Lindner original acrylic Coco SDC case, and it looks pretty cool. And somebody asked, is it easy to get to the buttons? There it is because there is no, <laughs> there's nothing in the back, right? So it's got plenty of open air ventilation right it just looks careful, cool. with, careful with that crystal which crystal the silver box okay you could think that's a button accidentally oh okay like totally totally break it by accidentally ah, okay we'll be careful with that jobbing that thing and then of course the other thing i got which was just a you know a day late and a dollar short for last week's show but i did get my nightmare own physical highway. copy of nightmare highway yes so we do have that <laughs> and it's very nice so that nightmare. is my project update and now um erico you've been a busy boy you've been working on all kinds of stuff a little bit. So you now have the floor. If you want to share our screen or just tell us what you've been working on, however you want to do that. You can do it visually or just verbally. Now share screen. Okay. Yeah, so I'll start with these. Let me see here. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh my. This is, uh, I've been modeling a TRS2 color computer for quite some time now, actually some years, but uh, in a very slow pace. 
the since I don't own the machine, uh, the curves on the case are very difficult to to guess. So I've got uh, like a whole bunch of pictures, references. These pictures pictures here probably came from you guys posting on Facebook, so I can get an idea. I've got the uh, the original manual blow up image, right? Right. And uh, this week I decided uh, I've got a little bit burned on doing the outhouse game sound, and I decided to take a pause and see if I could finish this model. And I kind of did, and I started working on rendering pieces. That is so neat how the... you can pan through it all. Yes, it's look uh, at the detail in this thing. Yes, it's uh, it has as much detail as the as the the original schematics. Right? Wow! And uh, let me see here. This is this is the scene I'm taking, and uh, let me show you guys the results. All right, uh, first of all, here you have some uh, here's some of the, the testing. I had to I had to, to vectorize this. Yeah, draw this from scratch. Actually, not vectorizing didn't work. Uh, I guess you guys saw this mostly on. That is on, beautiful. Uh, that is a beautiful rendered model awesome. right there. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit in low resolution, but has textures, right? Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah. And uh, that's why I was asking about this bevel here. It, yeah. Is it black or is it more gray? And it does and have and, a texture uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. On the Coco too, it is black. And, and okay. uh, oh well. Uh, and the great thing about this is you can kind of create the cocoa in your own image at this point. You can make it look how you think it should have looked. <laughs> if it's yeah. something you don't like about it, you know. So that's something here. I like how you've got a you've got a wireless power cord there too. That's pretty ingenious. <laughs> yes. <it's>, uh, <laughs> is that is that Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wireless power. That's a connection here to Bluetooth. Yeah. But uh, I've made the ports according to what they Oh, they my should. God. That's so much detail. So uh, uh, the, the, the coils here, don't, you know, so uh, oh, here's some mistakes, right? This was all work in progress. Pieces. What software are you using to run, to create this? Oh, Lightwave. That's, that's this this beast here. Is that a, uh, is that an Adobe product? No, no. That's a new tech product oh, okay from the from the from the 90s uh, from video oh wow really? oh, i'm thinking of light yeah, from the amiga yep from the amiga exactly oh look at this clear uh, case. case yeah i hope to be i hope to do uh, an image like this one but like this right later up it takes takes quite some time to do so so i started with the wide frame here only oh no we're getting a little bit of feedback here i'm going to mute everybody from me and i'm just going to unmute unmute you erica okay go ahead erica you're, you're unmuted hopefully it's not me because i'm not wearing headsets no it was coming through somebody else uh that's okay. fine and uh this one here is the fire the the very first one uh i call it complete right it's uh it's a thirteen thousand by eighteen thousand resolution image oh so my it goodness should print, it should print up to a meter and a half wow this is a one by one okay thing this is just good old line art right so exactly but uh, i'll first do this line art one because it's uh exactly as the manual is uh-huh and uh, I guess one of uh, one of our friends here from the community posted uh, a, a poster, right, on a green. Yeah, wall. that was Paul Shoemaker. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful. 
So, so I thought I'd do this one here, and I, I finished those lines and numbers a few days ago, a couple of days ago actually. And uh, this is the very first one, but I, I will do a fillet transparent one, too. Yeah. And uh, the idea about this illustration is that it uh, it should go along with the outhouse game, so it uh, it adds more value to the thing. Right? Oh, neat. And uh, hopefully later, uh, I'll just upload this to the repo for free. Right. That is neat. Yeah, this would make a great so, poster to be able to print this out in high high definition. Yeah, I'm uh, going frame it. Should. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to, I'm gonna have to put this right next to my Shale Teagues and Farrah Fawcett poster. So uh, <laughs> it's just as pretty. So, so this is this is this is pretty much done. It's one of the the it's a side project I took for um, for uh, to take a little time off from the outhouse game. The outhouse game. Uh, last time, all people said something about uh, if, if it was an animation or coding. It's actually coded. I use uh, GL Basic, right? It's modern basic implementation here, and uh, I write a lot of games with it. It's uh, well, it's just a modern basic, right? Mm-hmm. Is it and free? Outhouse. Oh, probably costs. Oh, the 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 gel basic? No, yeah. it's uh, not sure. If it's like fifty, oh, sixty dollars, okay. something like that. It's reasonable. But back in the early two thousands, uh, I spent some time looking for. Uh, an alternative language, and uh, the, the language I was using before was Amos on the Amiga, and I used to love that kind of basic. And I, at this time, I had a dark basic, there were a few variations, and I went for this gel basic here, and I've been using it up to today. It's uh, quite old, to tell you the truth, and it works pretty fine. Okay. Uh, let me get here. In, in this case here, uh, let me see if the sound goes through. Sure when you you there might, there might be a check mark where you can also share audio with wherever you're sharing at from your. All right, let me just run it, and let's see if uh, sound goes off. Powered by GL Basic, I love the font. Yeah, I've got the the font from the color computer and uh, made. And I love how that? you have that grid. Yeah, uh, hold on. Can no. you hear the sound? No, I don't hear it. All right. You might need to stop sharing and then reshare, possibly. And when you go to sh- uh, when you when you go to share your screen, there's a little checkbox you can click on that says "Also Share System Audio." All right, because uh, same as system. Let me try. Can you hear it? No. All right, I'll just uh, get get out and get back again. Now, how did you get that grid up there where you saw you saw kind of like the outline of all your characters and like even the quad inside there for your semi graphics? Did you do that yourself with that overlay? Yeah, it's an overlay. Okay. He, it's uh, if you look here, here the files. Here's the data. Uh, it's like this, right? Okay. Uh, where the pink is transparent, right? Okay. Okay. So you created that. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's all scaled perfectly to. Yeah, like you see here, the fonts, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, did you create those? Because there are fonts out there. Did you did you have to rebuild those for your system? No, I think I, I downloaded from a, an image with the SG characters and the letters, and I just cut them over and uh, put it into a font too, and made okay. them. Let me see if I can get the sound. Yeah, I'd like to hear this. 
All right, should I stop and do it again? Then? Yeah, just stop sharing for a second if you want. And then when you go to share, look under advanced or something, and there should be a little check mark that says. Oh, yes, share yeah. computer sound. Yeah. All right. Um, hold, let me see if you guess. Can you hear this? Yes, now we hear it. So it's all fine. And uh, oh, I just had to show you guys the little, the little begin. Bit. Yes, now we hear it. Hmm. It's just the introduction. I love right? it. The speed is going to jerk a bit, as you guys can see it here. I'm not it's sure my computer can handle. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I'm just kind of trying to read this right now. <laughs> All right, it's uh, the speed is probably gonna drop a little bit because I have all of this whole bunch of stuff going. That's fine. The computer. So uh, it's not gonna play 60 frames per second, but it does play. And uh, the thing oh. is that it's a... <laughs> the outhouse. Oh, this is so awesome. See, the grid here is just for me to uh, make sure everything is right. Okay? Yeah. The, the the final game should be something like this with the blackout line. Nice. I will, I'll probably leave the uh, the ability to turn on and grid, turn the grid on off. Okay. We'll see. And uh, what can I say? Uh, it's a uh, it's a he reading of the outhouse game, and I've added two player mode. In this case, yeah, simultaneously, right? In this, uh, I'll give you guys an example here how it works. Oh, I like that effect. Oh. Nice. Oh, look at the rain. Oh, look at the clouds. Or like the color goes down. All right. Is this a bad guy? Yeah. Is that you moving no, this around? This is me. Okay. That guy's up there. The thing is that uh, the game is starting on wave nine, okay? Because I was testing the, okay. the, the second yeah. boss, right? Oh, I love the sound effects you got. Oh, man. There's the runners. You got two runners. And uh, whenever you shoot, the game freezes because there's a lot of sound, right? Yeah. So it gives a pause. Like, uh, let me see if I can get to the military guys. I guess get to see one of the bosses. And this looks... You, you have this setup where it's, it's doing... Uh, Ouch, that's loud. Sorry. This is doing everything that semi-graphics could do. You're not cheating at all here, right? Nope. Okay. If I pause... You by some ways, we, you, you can take a look at the uh, the grid position. Yeah, because with the grid, everything falls into that quad of what a SG character would look like. And I'm pretty confident this is uh, this is SG correct, right? Yeah, it looks like it. This is it. I love this the sound it. effects. They're very Coco Cocoa-y sound effects. Yeah, I got from the from that fire. I've got from that, that, that the five guys played last. Uh, <laughs> right. Inverted fonts and everything. Yeah, of course. And uh, this is it. It's uh, I'm still putting some uh, some pieces here and there. Uh, within my games, the, the the files are usually open, right? So uh, everybody can take a look at them, change them. Oh, this neat. Is how they are originally. Okay. There's something that, that goes into the game that uh, the game is rendered at uh, originally at a very low resolution, something uh -huh. like a 60, the, the, the SG resolution, like 64 yeah. by 32. 
then it gets scaled to the the to the full the full screen resolution. Color computer can do so. I can paste the fonts, right? Because the fonts have uh, uh, pixels, small pixels, right? Okay, they're in a higher resolution. So you render it in lower. The game gets rendered in low resolution. You zoom it up, and then you put the fonts on. Yeah, and then uh, I scale to whatever whatever monitor, full screen, whatever people want. But uh, it, it's it's this. You've got all the uh, the pieces of uh, that is so cool. It's taking a Coco inspired game, and it still looks like a Coco game, but it's playing now on a modern computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much it. I I, I don't want to spoil it. To I don't want to spoil it more to you guys because uh, when I get that done, hopefully I can send a, send some of you guys a version so you guys can play it online or something like oh, that. Oh, that would be so to. awesome! Yeah, and it's uh, it's better than me playing, right? It's more. Uh, I can I get a chance to see the reaction of people, but it's uh, it's pretty much that I uh, I just need uh, I just need to organize the waves now. Uh, okay. Who's coming within the fifteen waves? Uh, we got two bosses that batch you guys saw the military guys and the Chulu thing. And um, there's something more. No, I, th- I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, all right. Well, do we do? We're going to take a commercial break and come back. But does do we have a few more people who want to share something and update? They want to share before we get to news and game on. Oh, just uh, let me just Good. say one thing. Yeah. The um, the game currently doesn't have music, right? And whenever the game plays uh, complex sounds, it freezes. Okay. So it, Is that on purpose? Yeah. So it kind of looks like a color computer. Not right. That it needs to freeze, right? Right. But I would like to. I, I was trying to get that into the gameplay so that the freeze becomes something uh, dramatic and that you can take use of it because the screen gets really crowded. Okay. And uh, oh, let me see. Let me ask you this. How, so in this GL Basic, how is it, without getting into too much of a technical discussion, how are you handling sprites and foreground and background and all that kind of stuff? Uh, for example, sprites is something like uh, a command, like load sprites or load sprite animation. Okay. Just type that load sprite animation and you put the, the file name. And uh, it's like uh, you have sprite number one, two, three, is four. That, is, is that built into the language or is that a routine you created? It's built it into the language. Okay. So this is a basic that supports sprites. Exactly. It's uh, geared towards uh, game making. Okay. So okay. There's all the comments. The, the, the kind of things you would see on Namos back in the days is what you see there now. Okay. That's cool. And, and uh, ah, yeah, I forgot. Now, this is what I wanted to say. The, uh, the game currently doesn't have music. Okay. And I was thinking about adding some, um, you know, some short music, like a few notes yeah. on some places. And uh, I tried to do some of the play comment right mm. on a real Coco. Yeah, that. But uh, th- this this weekend, uh, this yesterday, I was thinking that uh, we got so many talented musicians here in the community. Maybe somebody would like to to do music for it. I I'll be glad to work together. How do you um, feel about the music uh, being played on a ukulele? Well, <laughs> 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 
Are, are, you, are you offering Jason's services? <laughs> it, you know, it would be kind of cool to... Now, so I'm assuming with this GL Basic, it has the ability to play background music if you wanted to. Even though the Coco couldn't, you could play a background? Yeah, I And could. it could be like a WAV file or an MP3 or something else? Um, I'm, I'm going for WAV files for okay. uh, quality. So it would be kind of cool to record music that was generated on the coco so it sounds like a coco generated music have that as a wave file and then have that play in the background and yes because everything about this is kind of a little bit of a cheatery because it's not really running on a coco but if it all looked and sounded like and it was literally generated all from coco stuff it's kind of cool to put all those elements together i think i don't i think that'd be kind of cool to have some of that old sounding like sea dragon-ish four voice organy uh-huh. music as the background music playing in this game you know Exactly, and yeah. uh, and I've heard some people in the community doing it. Yeah, you know, music that that's that's truly really color computer music. Something something like you know of the Shock Trooper. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Uh, if I could if I could uh, get something like that, it it would enrich the experience. Oh, right? absolutely. Well, there's a handful wow. on the panel right now that have musical abilities to varying degrees. Uh, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so between between who's here now and putting out the request on Facebook, hopefully you'll get some people who want to hook a brother up, right? Make some. Oh, just for that. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Thanks for giving us a little peek there. Um, all right, we're going to take a brief commercial break, and then we will be back. And if we got a few more updates, I'm happy to share that. Let me know. And you guys, if you want to tell me during the commercial if there's something you guys want to share, and then we're going to get into some news and some game on. So to for our commercial break right now, I think we need, what do we need right now? I'm trying to see what we want to do here. I, I don't know. I'm torn between Fletcher and, I don't know, Co- how about Coco Do? It's been a while since we've heard the Coco Do commercial. All right. So we'll be back after a little Coco Do. Coco Talk will return after these messages. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. And now, Coco Thought by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec and it stops working, is it now a Coco won't do? Hi, Ron Delvo, Timberman, Coco Fest. In a world where RGB produces black and white video, one cable can make a difference. Switcheroo. Coco3scartcable.com Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer.
What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. Hi, this is Randy Kindig of the Foppy Days Podcast. I just love me some cocoa, and nobody covers it better than Steve Strobridge. You're listening to Coco Talk. All right. Well, you, you no truer words have ever been spoken. And I do apologize for this, but I did not cue this up. We do have a brand new Cocoa Thought, so we're going to do it live, and I'm just going to go ahead and play it for you right now. Thanks to the deep thoughts, the, the deep thinking of Samuel Gimes. So this is the world premiere of Coco Thoughts number 30. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. I was trying to make some copies of discs, but the garden weasel kept tearing the magnetic media. <laughs> Curse <laughs> oh, you, garden weasel. <laughs> oh, curse you, garden weasel. All right. Well, we, okay. So, Darren has been working on a project. So, in, in, in addition to making music, he's also made some color computer games back in the day. And, uh, and uh, fellow Australian Bryza has been typing some of those in and, and bringing some of those things to life. So, What's been going on? Uh, and you're going to share this, Darren? Or are you just going to you going to anything you want to sh- screen share or? Um... Uh, no, no screen share as such. I just thought um, I I would talk about just really quickly how amazing it was. Um, yeah, that that uh, program Frogmaster was vaporware for me. Um, I knew that it was in a magazine um, back in the '80s, but I didn't have a copy of it, and I've tried to. I, c- I could never figure out which which year or issue it was in. Um, and then Brian just types it in randomly and, and I'm going, through, you know, sends it out. And going back through it, uh, there were some mistakes and, like, I couldn't work out. Um, you know, it was just it was just real amazing kind of trying to um, go back to that time when I was 15 and figuring out what those mistakes were and, and, and finally got the game running. Um, and it was pretty cool. It was, it was really great of him to do that. Um, and now I'm just working on... Um, you know, uh, fixing a few things. Uh, I know I must have written it on a Coco 3, but I wrote it for Coco 2 um, to be compatible with that. But I've noticed that people have had a few problems um, uh, with Coco 3 tokens. Um, I think it must have been the joystick button. I must have used the button command. So I'm fixing that using Peaks okay. to take care of that. And then um, uh, the other thing I want to do is, 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 is uh, port it across to the MC10 because it, it, it really would lend itself to that as well. So 
Um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool seeing how I created sound effects using the play command, um, just doing really, you know, changing the, uh, the rate, uh, the duration of the notes to be really short and then, you know, um, creating random sound effects. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, still working on that. So I'll release a final version of it as soon as it's done kind of thing. And what are you developing with right now? Are you, I'm assuming you're going to use an emulator or something? Or? I don't know. I'm doing it all on real hardware. So, oh, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I've got the MC10. I've got my Coco 3 um, set up in the studio. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I've got an old Coco 2 somewhere as well. So I'll pull that out and make sure it all works properly um, uh, so that it can be a complete cross-platform game. Neat. Yeah, yeah. And the, the only other thing I'd say is um, while I've been working on Blue Monday, um, I've been using Coco MIDI Pro uh, which and one of the MIDI packs. Um, and I, it's such a great program. Like, it's just amazing how powerful that, that, that software package is. Um, so I've kind of learned to use it quite um, quite thoroughly. So if anybody's having any challenges with it, it is, it is a bit tricky to get configured but um once you you kind of know your way around it you can pretty much do anything with midi um that you could think of really good piece of software neat that's another thing that i missed out on in, in the uh in the coco days was midi i did you know i got into midi on the pc still kind of in dossy times but um yeah cool stuff so I will release um, the MIDI file of Blue Monday as well when it's finished. So theoretically, um, you could load it uh, into you know any any MIDI program to play it back. Um, as long as you had uh, a multi timbral sound module, um, you know, like the old Roland MT32s or a, a Yamaha card, or you know, you could probably get it going on. Um, on a Yamaha sound card as well. But yeah, you guys would be able to play it back. Uh, it won't sound the same, obviously, but with a bit of tweaking, you could get it to sound pretty close. Yeah. Would you do like an MP3 version too, so we could hear it as you yeah, produce 100%. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll do a bit, I'll release the video. So we'll, we'll do, we might do that next week. You can, I'll, I'll create a YouTube video that you can play back and I'll, oh, I'll do an MP3 cool. version and a MIDI file. Neat. Mm, neat, yeah. neat, neat, neat. Um, Cool. Who else had uh, anything else they wanted to share? Any other project apps? Is Terry Steggy, you have more to share? I Haven't you sucked up enough airtime this week? <laughs> no, I just had a question for Eric. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, on your uh, 3D rendering, you were using, I think you said Lightwave? Yep. Is there any way you can um, export that as an STL file? STL, uh, STL with OBJ, right? Yeah. Objective and STL. Yes, there just, is. I was just kind of curious if you'd be interested in sharing that. That would be something we could 3D print just to make a small version of that. That'd be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It's it's something to try. The thing is, uh, um, the best way to export something from Lightwave would be the, the object file, the one you said, uh, a collada, collada file. Okay. Or maybe an FBX, right? But the Collada and the object, the OBJ with STL, are pretty much the, the, the most common ones to use on different packages. The thing is that uh, for that, I would have to have modeled the, the, the thing with quads 
so I can control the points and polygons, which I didn't. And then there's a lot of things that happens on the on that model that is internal to Lightwave. So to get that object outside, I'm going to have to do a little work, right? It's not going to come out perfect. And most likely, it's not the perfect thing for printing, right? Because for printing, you have to model uh, the polygons in a certain way, which is not that case. But uh, yes, I will eventually come out to change the model into an object and a collada file and then release to the people, probably upload to the repo or something like that. Oh, very cool. Well, cool. Awesome model. Great job. Well, the thing that I was thinking of when you showed that one uh, picture where you had like kind of the clear, um, the clear case, it reminded me of, do you guys remember the visible V8, the visible engine where you had the clear model and you could see all the pistons moving inside it and stuff like those science things. Mm -hmm. It'd be so cool to have like a visible cocoa and maybe even have a little LED lights on different things where you can kind of see things happening as the CPU blinking and the RAM is blinking and, you know, things like that. That would be kind of cool, even if it's not functional, if it's just visual to have, you know, like a little mini scale cocoa in a clear case with different activity lights inside it. That'd be a really cool project to make. You know? great. I, I hope to be able to create this file uh, you guys had about, uh, what's that, Terry? I hope to create this file, Terry, so I can upload it to, uh, what's the name again, the Sketchfab? It's uh, that site that has, it's like YouTube, but it displays 3D models. On a yeah. Discord channel, I've, I've sent links for two uh, small computers I did, the, the very same thing some years ago. Hopefully I can get the, this color computer model into the same you know, into the same system. So whenever somebody is, is having a show, something related to the color computer, you can display that on screen. And uh, if you guys saw that on Discord, it, I think it's, it looks really neat. That's one of the objectives. I want to get that object there, right? Other than releasing it for people. Yeah. That is so cool. It's like if you can, if you can think it, you can make it almost to the point. Anything you can imagine, we can create virtually create this 3d model in a computer and then that can become many things it can become a two-dimensional print on paper it could potentially be a three-dimensional print and something tangible uh, yeah, i would be interested in seeing how this model would score on uh on a 3d printer yeah i don't believe it would come out fine but then i know nothing about 3d printing yeah i don't know if curtis if you got in the news but an ed snyder recently showed a picture of something where he's creating like an mc10 reproduction that looks like it might be 3d printed that's um, nice. So no, I probably missed that because I was rushing trying to get news yeah. ready at all. So um, if you have that one, feel free to throw it up. Nah. Uh, anybody else have any questions for the panel or, or anything else you want to share before we go on to news? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Um, okay. Rob Inman? Um, every, everything good with you there? In, uh, are, Ron, are you still trapped on the alien homeworld uh, from Gunstar or have you been released? And you are muted, Rob. Rob, do you copy? Okay. Yes, you had locked my mute. Ah. I could not unmute it. Said the host had muted me. Uh, I am not no longer trapped on the alien homeworld. I am trapped in ease of use beta five. Ah. Which, uh, you will see here shortly. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Eddie Serbinski, who has joined us. Hello. How are you, Eddie? I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, glad. Uh, glad to see you. Uh, Again, yeah. And uh, the thing I can show today is uh, my own maple syrup. Ah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> That's good stuff. Do you just drink I it have, out of the bottle? Well, I put it in my coffee. Okay. And, uh, I made I made some uh, I made some for my daughters for uh, Easter. So uh, nice. But uh, I have uh, one tap. So uh, okay. It's still still only one tap. It produces a lot. Okay. Have you mm-hmm. done Have you done the frozen maple with the stick in the snow, or you you cut it out and you make oh, a little maple juice? Not not enough for that yet. But, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Those those remind me of like the sugar daddies. You guys remember the sugar daddies? That stuff on the stick you could chew on. That frozen maple on a stick kind of reminds me of that. Oh. Yeah. All right. Cool stuff. I thought all Canadians bled maple, anyways. So uh, it was just a Canadian thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> maple syrup and moosehead beer is what. Uh... <laughs> Tim Hortons coffee. Yes, Tim Hortons coffee. All right. Well, uh, this has been a good show so far. Thanks everybody for being here. We've got some guests. It's always nice to have some new faces to the panel and hear about some uh, different things going on that we're not always uh, familiar with. So that's good stuff. Um, it is now time to get to uh, one of the most favorite parts of this show right now. This is where this is um, United Nations in action. This is where we get, get our cheap Canadian labor going on here. And um, our, our resident anchor and, and host, L. Curtis Boyle, is going to um, cover news for us as soon as I do this very polished, well-produced uh, uh, graphical intro. So hold, hold the line. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on News with El Cardinal. And now a Muppet News Flash. All right. I L- thought you were going to play Curtis the Toto Boyle. Hold the Line song. I was looking for <laughs> <laughs> L. Curtis Boyle. And I'm going to go ahead and mute everyone and just unmute uh, L. Curtis. Because we're getting a little bit of squeaky noise there. Where the hell did you go, L. Curtis? Now I need to unmute you. Okay, L. Curtis Boyle, you have the floor. We are ready for news, sir. Okay, not too much since we did the massive catch-up last week. That lasted, I think, until just about yesterday. Um, so I've only got a few stories this time, and same of the Game On segment too. So first one up is uh, Henry Reitfeld, who's been quite active lately, especially since he joined Discord. And he put up a video here showing his VHD image patch to work with a sidekick menu from VCC. I was hoping maybe he'd be around in Discord to maybe comment on it too, but... Yeah, it looks a lot like the Coco SDC, and the Coco SDC's interface basically came from this sidekick program right so. yeah and this is doing his numbered hard drive images that are logged in so you get your virtual drives okay so he just basically shows that it's loading so basically he's able to run on a non-sec like from an ide or something like that you can actually run with your hard drive images through hdb dos okay basically okay. duplicating the the stuff from the sdc uh, explorer and we should we should mention that Coco Talk does not condone or endorse the illegal uh, copying or distributing of software. So make sure all of the software you have you legitimately obtain. Yeah, Henry's got a ton of the original stuff too, so I'm fairly certain that's fine in this case. Cool stuff. Uh, is Alan Huffman still on the panel? He might be muted, but he can unmute himself if he's there. Yes, I am. If I can figure out where did the screen went. <laughs> You had a really interesting article here, and I wanted to have you discuss this in a little bit of detail. It's um, 
uh, you've been doing these series of articles on how to optimize basic, uh, basically, you know, color basic. Yeah, whenever possible, basic. we're talking about optimizations. Painstaking detail is always preferred because I love to have my yeah. head explode. And, and Alan's <laughs> perfect at that. So, um, but he did some stuff here on the if if thens, and I mean, he discovered a technique that I didn't know either that makes a fairly large difference in speed here. Uh, normally, you do the uh, you know if something and something and something then blah blah blah. Uh, just because it's easy to follow, but he discovered that if you do if, then, if, then, as you can see, I don't know if the highlighting showing up on your screen there, but uh, yeah, that chunk there, if you do that, it's it's loads faster. In fact, if you have like nested ones where you're doing multiple comparisons, it can be several times faster. Um, so Alan, take it away from any more details and anything you've discovered since Well, all I wanted to say is this came from uh, YouTube showing me a video called 8-Bit Show and Tell, which is a Commodore guy. And one of his videos, he was doing the same type of basic benchmarking on the Commodore that I was doing. And so it meets, makes me feel a little better. I'm not the only one. But this was something that they contacted him about because there was a program listing in a 1980s Commodore magazine that said, if variable is this, then if variable is this. And they said, why did they do that? So he benchmarked it and showed why. So that's where it comes from. And it's just that if you're going to be comparing X and Y, it's better to do it with two steps than to combine them together. Because when it combines them together, basic walks through all your comparisons and then combines them and does who knows what it's doing. But that was just a little tip. And um, it's going to change how I write if statements forever because it's so much faster. So explain it to me. I know it's here on the screen, but give me an example of just, you know, a simple. Okay. Say you're, you're testing to see if a ball is within a screen, an X coordinate of an object. And you might say if X is greater than one, and X is less than 32, then it's a valid position. Well, when it does that, X is less than one gets turned into either a zero or a negative one. It's a mathematical true-false comparison. Okay. Then the next step, X is less than 32, turns into a negative one or a zero, a mathematical condition. In the middle, you have the word and. And it does, it appears to be doing a mathematical and, like if you said 255 and 32, you'd get like some kind of mathematical bit answer. So it appears that when basic sees multiple and statements or or statements, it's taking all your values to produce a result. Like if you wanted to or or and three values together, you'd say 15 and five and four, and you'd get a number. It's almost as if basic is going through and taking all your comparisons, turning them into zeros or ones, anding or oring them all together, then treating that as the final result. And when you do it this new way, it can stop checking immediately. It doesn't need all the answers. You say if X is less than one, then, well, if X is not less than one or greater than one, sorry, it can just stop right there. It doesn't need to continue on the line. But when you do it the other way, if X is greater than one and X is less than 32. Okay, so using the word and is basically slowing you down. Yep, and and or. This is a way to okay. uh, to do that without um, the penalty from doing that. Okay, yeah. so for example here, if we're going to do this again, so if X is greater than zero, meaning it's on the screen, then if X is less than 33, meaning it's, it's not off on the, the screen. screen. Right. Uh, so yeah. ins- so instead of saying if X is greater than one and X is less than 33, you could just say if X is greater than zero, then if X is less than 33, um, okay, I get it. And that's it. Significant See, speed imp- improvement. The okay. problem with the and is it has to do all of the tests, whether they're relevant yes, or not. Yes, yes. It has to. It has change, to 
Right. The chain gifts, if it fails, there's no reason to go on. And so it just moves on. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is across all Microsoft basics, Apple II, Commodore. And, yeah, I and in this particular instance here, I mean, Alan did a speed test of running it a thousand times, just doing, you know, a, a single double comparison to do it. And it actually cut the time in half. Okay. So that's and a concept. Did, oh, sorry. And then you did a, a, a more massive one um, a little bit later here, if I remember correctly. Yes. I always try to do a stupid thing to show how much worse the worst case. So that was my <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> you yeah. can ask David Ladd for any examples that he comes up with. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a concept in computer science called lazy evaluation, where it will stop as soon as it knows what the uh, Boolean results will be. Yeah, if at least one of the if results you, is false, then just don't bother it, checking the rest. Right. Know? And that actually that. affects the way you have to write programs, because, for example, if you're reading from file, you can say, you know, if end of file, like if you, you have, if, you, if you have cases where you don't want them all to execute, it affects the way you, you have to write your code. Um, Stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right uh, there. It does generate more tokens, right? It, 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 uh, the, the line gets bigger. Yes, the li line will get bigger. Um, but if you notice, if G equals 1, then if, as opposed to if G equals 1 and whatever, yeah, so it's one token extra each time you do mm -hmm. that. Very little. So basically, yeah, I didn't mention that. I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't even take that into consideration. But that would be the trade-off. You'll yeah, save speed time versus size. You'll yep. save time anytime the first condition is false, basically. Yeah, is or the second or the third, if you're doing one of these multi-cascade ones, like shown here. I mean, as soon as it hits the first false one, it's out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I haven't done is compared if all the conditions are met. What's the, you know, and it gets all the way to the end of the line. What's the speed difference? So I may have to do a follow-up since this has generated so many comments on Facebook. Yeah, and so far the speed is ridiculously faster. Well, then you get in, then you can get into where you order them by the probability of them being true, right? You want your ones that are most likely to be true, false. Oh, sure, sure. False. You want the ones that are most likely. Yeah, you to want to exit false as quick first. as you can if you know it's going to be false. So, you'll you'll bias your if thens in the order that you're going to get out of that if then construct. The problem is with the ands or the ors, it's always the worst. Well, ands, it's always the worst case. Whereas when yes. you chain them, there's you know. Yeah, it depends. Now, if there's some things others, you might want to, you know, prioritize them first so it exits sooner if they don't match. Yeah. Like this one extreme example here that Alan did where he did 10 conditions all in a row here, it actually is like seven to eight times faster, which is a pretty, pretty big difference. So anyway, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And you're right. It has generated a hell of a lot of comments. So. Well, it's always painful when we realize we've been doing something the wrong way our entire career with BASIC. <laughs> the wrong way as it was explained to us in the manual. Yeah. <laughs> so the, way, yeah. the right way is now the wrong way. So. Yeah, and I the guess way, it looks so wrong to me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a convert. Yeah, I guess it too. I mean, uh, back in the days when the original Color Basic manual and the original Microsoft Basics come out, we had machines with 4, 5, 16K, so... The method, the old way using AND is actually smaller code-wise. So maybe that's the way they, the reason they biased it, because you, you would run out of room if you did it this way. But as machines have gotten up to 32, 64K, et cetera, then it's, it's less of an issue if you want speed versus uh, size. Size. Yep. That is neat. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even read it all. I just saw you were, you were posting more things on, on how to speed up interpretive logic, and it already got me thinking of some tweaks I'm going to be putting into Kabam, which is my current project. Um, not even, no, not even knowing about this specific tweak, but now you've got me thinking about it too. 
Um, and by the way, Stevie, I, I finally uh, stumbled upon your um, Alien, uh, what's it called? The game? The Cosmic Aliens? Cosmic Aliens blog and was reading up in that. That's some nice stuff there, too. I, I, was, uh, I was enjoying that. Oh, thanks. I'm a little late. I'm a little behind. Well, so am I, because I haven't touched it in a year and a half. So, <laughs> I'd be interesting for you to revisit it with these kind of techniques that Alan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I I have learned a lot um, talking to you guys about how interpreters work, and um, and optimizing your code for the interpreter. And once and once you do that, and and I was and I think Erica was made me think of this. And when when I was going through that interview with Terry Steen, he's talking about future me talking to past me. And, um, you know, what, what I've done differently and stuff. So you always think about that. And if there's ways you can tweak your own, part of it is optimizing the way you think about how you do things as a human. And then you apply that to optimizing your code to have it go for the interpreter, you know? So it's really cool to continuously evolve your, your thought process in these things, you know? Alan, you were going to say something or? Well, um, you know, I, I am going through this in an extreme way right now because the very oldest computer programs I wrote, the very first ones I ever wrote on my Commodore VIC-20, I have now started a series where I'm pulling them apart. I figured out how to get the source code out of them. Thanks to the Internet, I can look up what all the pokes and peaks mean, and I'm kind of walking back through it trying to figure out how it works because I have a mystery, something I did in 1982. And I do not understand how I made it happen. So I've got a multi-part series on that as I dissect it and try to figure out how the hell I pulled this off. I must have read it in a magazine and just typed in the commands and did it. And I'm still struggling to recreate it now, even with the entire Internet as my resource. Wow. You got to have to find the magazine, I guess. We're to turn 65. Also, if future me is talking to past me, then you've been in isolation for too long. I should just mention that. It's fascinating. And and keep us posting that, uh, Alan, and any other basic. I forgot. Who was I talking to? Brian Weasler. Brian, are you still there? Yes, I am. You you and I were talking about something, and you mentioned Alan's name. What were you and I talking about? Do you remember? Because Alan's here. Was there anything you wanted to ask him? Or Uh, no, it it could be it could be an off the air thing. It was something I was gonna. Uh, look at meeting up with him sometime when I'm in Des Moines. Oh, okay. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I just remember his name came up when we were chatting uh, and in, in a good way, Alan. So, <laughs> Alan, you know what? I, it's something else I wanted. Are you familiar with the game, the Witcher, Alan? No, I've seen references to it, but I don't know okay. what it is. Have you, have you seen the, the move that's now on Netflix? Oh no, I haven't. Okay. Well, there, there's a character in the Witcher, at least in the video game, his name is Dandelion and he's a bard. And he's very medieval timesy, and he's got the goatee and stuff. So this video game character reminds me a lot of you. You know, he's a very. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. and I know you hear the name Dandelion, and it sounds a little emasculating, but no, he's he's a he's a ladies' man. So well, when um, I <laughs> my my costume at uh, the Renaissance festivals has yellow tights, so I'm sure I can. Yeah. Relate. So <laughs> it, as soon as I saw this character in the game, I'm like, my God, this is Alan Huffman. <laughs> so cool stuff. Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. Thanks for doing it, Alan. I, I did have one for all the quick research question. too, because that's a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Brian. Just a quick question. Um, so we're we're talking about basic, but with not being familiar with assembly, would things like this translate into assembly language as well, or is assembly handle these type of things? You you wouldn't code it this way in assembly because you would intentionally be doing the instructions, so you would okay. know that this was silly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 
I mean, you can write sloppy assembly code that will duplicate the way Basic does it with the hand. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, you James Different actually says we aren't doing it the wrong way. Basic is doing it the wrong way. So. <laughs> uh, I, I still think it might have been the size versus speed thing because back in the day there we were dealing with really small amounts of RAM in these early computers, and, and Microsoft wrote their Basic you know from the Altair originally, and then just kept porting it all over the place. So. I, I suspect that's part of the reason they were trying to save space as much as possible. And the well, size I, for basic. I think, I think it's also the syntax. It's probably clearer as a language to use and. Right. It's more logical to have if that and that do that rather than two ifs in there, you know. It looks sloppy from a, a basic language point of view. Right. But the, uh, it's liter- faster, obviously. <laughs> Right. Looks a little yeah. iffy to me. Yeah, we were talking about this in Discord, too, like the use of REMs and how REMs can slow it down. Don't have your REM in the main, like never go to a line with a REM, you know, have it somewhere else where yep. it's not getting interpreted. And um, yeah, all these little tips I'm gleaning. Well, but well, it's like the let command. We know let a equals zero. That right. was clear. That was the syntax. Uh-huh. But you don't need to use let. <laughs> right. It's a equals zero. Yeah, but yeah. but as a syntax, yeah, let mm-hmm. and uh, that. Well, somebody brought up the point too. You don't even need to use the word rem if you type if you just type yeah, a line, single quote. No, yeah. no, not even that. Just type a line that says this code is going to do whatever, and then right. never execute. That and never line. execute no, it. That, that no, no, that's right. That's true. Don't even put the word rem in there. Way it never gets tokenized. Right. And you so save a it's bite. Just there. Yeah. Well, right, you, Rick Gillen, did you have a comment too? Because I noticed you started to pipe up there for a sec. I was just saying that the space you had for the interpreter was limited, so leave out some of the fine things to fit it in an 8K ROM. Yeah. I love the email you sent too, Rick. He's like, I, I caught one of your shows and I decided you needed a, another old guy with a beard on the panels. <laughs> so, Welcome to the club. Yes. Uh, uh, that's cool. You mean I don't have to shave every week? Oh, darn. <laughs> cool stuff. Cool stuff. Thanks, Alan. Yep. Thanks. That, that's a great series of articles you've been doing. My pleasure. <laughs> and, and is Fred still on the panel today, too? Because he can probably comment on this next bit. I don't know if Fred was here. Erica was here. I don't think Fred was on the panel. But another uh, another here. Brazilian. Was Fred on the panel? I don't remember. I don't see his name in the list right now. Okay. Well, at any rate, he had... Um, we did, we did a coverage of the uh, super basic that Jerry Stratton was doing, which is basically taking a more modern style language and then converting it to color basic. And I guess uh, Fred mentioned that he did one called Coco Basic Dignified. Uh, actually, a while ago, he just forgot to put the links up for it. So this series got the actual links. He's got this stuff on the Google Drive. If you want to get it, and the Sublime tools are required for it. And uh, is that okay? Yeah, some interesting discussions have ensued from this. And so... The code on the left actually looks a little bit more modern. There's no line numbers. Yeah. Um, it's a bit closer to color basic syntax than I think the super basic was, though it's not completely modern. It's still using okay. some keywords from color basic, so it's a bit easier to translate in your head if you're used to color basic. All right, so you have the dignified view, and then you've got the classic view where it actually converts it into line numbers. Yeah, we were having a conversation, uh, it was last night, about uh, variable names. <laughs> I forgot who was talking to who, but we 
Sorry to become a pissing contest about trying to track your. T- oh, it was Nick, right? Nick Marotti. You're talking about you know, variable names for your project, right? So yeah, it was it was me and Mr. Allen. Yes. Yeah, uh, so. It was it was a well spirited discussion that we had. Yes, yes. We're really getting into variable <laughs> names and how to keep track. of And them. by well spirited, you mean argumentative? <laughs> and, and and one and once again, I was right, and the other party was wrong. Well, so just like you are with buzzard bait. Right? Except yeah. where you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wrong in buzzard bait too. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, We're getting yeah, some yeah. feedback somewhere. Some feedback somewhere. It's, uh, uh, Fred Alex, wants Robert, to... it's you. You're you're echoing. Go ahead. Fred's uh, Fred's wanting to come into the into the meeting here. Frederiki, Frederic. He's oh, let in. him in. Then he can he can comment on it too. Then. Okay. I'm trying to get him in. I can't. Here he goes. He's in. F- Fred, you're in. Muted. Hi guys. No, just just uh, there you go. Just, uh, go ahead, Fred. Are you listening? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, right now I just come into. I was listening to you. So any question you you ask me, but Curtis, go on. You 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 saw the rule thing. Well, I was going to ask you. Like you mentioned on your post there that you actually did this a while ago. How long ago did you have this done? I think I've done this uh, last year. Uh, I think I have done this. We lost your audio, Fred. You got real quiet on us. Yeah, I. Oh, you're back, I think. I'm back. Yeah, a bit of a connection problem, I think. I I'm, I have a connection problem, guys. I'm listening oh. myself. I well turn down the volume of what you're listening to, so you can just hear us in Zoom. I I'm I'm using headphones. Okay. I, I, I let me do one thing. I I I. Hey Fred, so Erica, are you still here? Erica's not. Okay, here. I I I quit the Facebook stream. Let's okay. see. Okay. Okay. Now we can hear you better. Yeah, yeah, I get the, the Facebook stream. So I did it last uh, last year, I think, beginning of last year. I did it for the MSX. There's another system I, I had. I was a little older when I had the MSX, so I used to program a lot more in there. But uh, as I told you before, I, I think he, I, know this, I love the Coco. And I didn't, I, did, I, I haven't found a, a Coco community before you guys. When I found you, I, <laughs> I, I, I had to, to, to port the things I had done to the MSX awesome. to the Coco. Because I, I, I think I love the Coco even more. Well, MSX so, had Microsoft Basic, right? MS stood for Microsoft. It just was on a yeah. Z80 processor, but it was a similar Basic to Extended Basic, right? Very similar. So similar, in fact, that I, the, the MSX version of Basic Dignified worked out of the box to the, on the Coco. No, oh, no. Cool. <laughs> wow. Literal, I, I, literal drop, drag and drop. Yeah, drag and drop. I have to do anything. That's and cool. what I what I did was I, I I just removed the things that were there for the MSX that wasn't needed, like uh, some instructions like locate and in in the MSX you you position the text on the screen by using locate X and Y. Okay, that's similar to like GW print. basic. Yeah. And I did something that you 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 didn't have to write locate x and y comma print. You just put a, a question mark at like print. the coco. Yeah, print at yeah. 
Yeah. So, so this is different just for the Cocoa 1 and 2 basic then, because the Cocoa 3 does have some commands like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no, no, no familiarity with the Cocoa 3. I got the... I went to a, to I I can't remember which page I went, but I went to to a Cocoa Basic page to get the comments to do the highlights you are in you are seeing here, and I don't know if I, I oh the uh, syntax highlighting the syntax highlight yeah I yeah. went to a Cocoa page that listed the comments I don't know if it was for two or three I have zero knowledge of Cocoa Tree I just had a Cocoa Two, but. Uh, as I said, that's a work in progress, and uh, I want to do some things like, for instance, uh, print the print printy at on the cocoa. I want to do something similar to the MSX, so you don't have to do the, the calculations. The, just locate the X and Y. Yeah. Yeah, you just just print at and X and Y, and it it will translate when when you you convert. Yeah, because if you want to expand it to do a Cocoa 3 later on, I think some of your MSX code you took out probably just has to pop back in with maybe some tweaking. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. Uh, of course, I, uh, I'll just... Uh, it's, it's very beginning. The Cocoa version is very, very beginning. That's why I even have... A, I don't even have a GitHub yet because I started. And I stopped when this whole pandemic thing happens. Everything I had I had in the back burden started to, uh, uh, to, to come to the front and, and I have a thousand of projects right, projects right now. So it kind of of slow down the the, the work on Cocoa Dignified, but sure uh, the Cocoa Trace sure have to be there. Like the MSX2 that I didn't have is on the MXS version. Okay. Also, if you can stick around to the very next story is one of yours too, so we can have you comment on that right afterwards. Okay. Sure. Cool. Hey, by the way, Fred, do you know Erica? Erico, no, no, I, I, we, we, I know him on the on the group, right? Uh, okay, so week. guys, figure he's he's also in Brazil, so it's kind of like you know Nick Morentes is in Australia, so everybody his, is is his neighbor, is uh, Erico your neighbor too? So <laughs> everybody in Brazil knows everybody, right? So yeah, sure. Yeah, I, know, I, I knew I knew another guy. I was in a chat in another with another guy uh, from the group, and he, you are from I, I'm from Brazil and from Recife, and I was like. Hey, come on, I'm from Sao Paulo. Come on, man. <laughs> Let's talk in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, well, it's cool you got that project, and we'll definitely keep an eye on it as, as you progress. We've got a whole bunch of these coming online, too. There's even mentioned the comments about Stephen Fisher's Urban Basic, which he did a long time ago, which I actually think runs on the Coco, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Um, that yes. does something similar to that, too. So, Okay, next story is also Fred's. And since he's actually here, I'll just let him explain what this is. And I'll zoom up the picture a bit here. This is this. This is an uh, a you know you guys know about attractor mode. It's a front end for emulator emulators. Okay. So if you have a, a command line emulator, you you can do a front end uh, and and you put graphics and I use I I had a, a arcade machine at my home. Where I where I I had a lot of games. I have Mame, Coco, MSX, and all my systems. And the the layout on the arcade machine was different than that. But when I moved, and I have the idea of doing every system use its own layout, as I said, its own kind of. I, I love the way the older system treats the graphic modes and text modes and the limitations like the 
artifact here on the cocoa. I love this. So I, wa I want to use that. So I, I, I made a, a theme for a truck mode for every system. I have a, a ZX81, Odyssey 2, Atari 2, 2600, uh, MS, and, and some more. Everyone using their own layout, their own screen layout. Yeah, so their own fonts native to the old machine back in the day and yeah, the colors that they would have used. Yeah, I love the artifact color borders you have around the uh, the image there, the orange and blue. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I try to use uh, the, all the limitations the computer has. Yeah. I, I, I try not to stick to the... Yeah, even the TRS-80 has got like the P-Mode 3 color set, you know? So yeah. it's like the red, yellow, and blue on the green background. It's just like you, you, you can't get much more legit than this, so... And this I works with all emulators too. Like you can put this with MAME or VCC or XOR or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you you can use it everywhere. And uh, actually, the font I did it myself. I have a, I have also a, a system in Python to do fonts based on screen dumps or fonts of 8-bit computers. <laughs> if you guys want to do uh, another Cocoa font, you just go there on my GitHub and download the thing. You just provide uh, a a dump, a screen dump of the font, and uh, 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 how can I say a string of text matching the the position of the characters on the font, mm -hmm. and it 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 it, 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 it transforms the screen in the font. It's very simple if you go there. So it's there is a better explanation there. Yeah, no, that's that, cool. That's how I do. I did this font. I did all, all the fonts actually from for, for so you basically screen scraped them and bitmapped them and then turned them into fonts. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's a system for that. It's, it's very easy. You have to to you gotta have a, a font program that's free. It's all there, and that's it. I, and so I, I I stripped down that and I did one just for the Coco to yeah, and that that's what I provided there on the link. Okay. And that's a front end that uses just the Coco portion of that team. Cool. Cool. And you actually have it available for download, so anybody wants to put that as part of the front end on on their emulators, then yeah, uh, it's right there on, on the drive on the Google Drive. You see, there is a link on the uh, on the description. Uh -huh. Yeah, right yep. there. Yeah, you just download and you you go to attract mode. It's, it just drop on the layout folder, and and you configure on the configure on the setup, and it's how that works. There's <laughs> the font, the Coco fonts there also. If you want to use for something, the font is there also. Okay, I noticed that your 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 side thing there that shows the games listed and stuff also has like times played, how many minutes you've wasted on your life playing this game when you should have been doing work, et cetera. <laughs> is, is that built into your front end, or is that on the particular emulator you're using in this case? It's in the it's the particular emulator. It's uh, it's from attractive mode. Okay, I, I I didn't have the 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 amount of times before, but attractive mode provided that, and then I use it. It's good to know how many days you you spent playing Shock Trooper, for example. Yeah, because imagine everybody's time's gone up these last few weeks. So right, Welcome. and I love how it on the bottom there it says Demolition Derby Racing, Radio Shack, Tandy Corporation, Color Computer, one two three sixteen K RAM. So you even have like, the system specs down there. Yeah, and if and and who the one who is is probably recognize it, it's Kurt Boyle stolen straight from his site. <laughs> <laughs> this, You're this utilizing pretty, a resource. Yes. That's a very, very good uh, source of resource. For Absolutely. <laughs> As I've told everybody, including the Amigos and stuff too, anything you guys want to take off my site and use and whatever you're doing, go right ahead. No problem. 
I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm, I'm one, one sees of use beta five is actually out by the end of this month here. I'm actually going to be switching back to working on the game site because I'm about, I don't know, eight, nine hundred games behind now, I think, total. So I've got to start catching that back up. Hey, yeah, yeah. Neat. Neat. Cool is it project. Nightmare Highway? Yes, What's Nightmare that? Highway in there. It will be. That's. I mean, I don't even have Popstar, never mind all the new stuff since then. So, And plus, there's hundreds and hundreds of old ones I don't have either. You're five years behind. Well, I'm more than that. I'm probably about 25 years behind. But. I mean, thanks Thanks for popping on, Fred, and explaining yeah. those those two stories. Okay, there, okay, so. So, uh, uh, any more from me? I'll, I'll just listen to you guys, but yeah. I'll just connect yeah, stay from, on, from stay the, on the with us. And I think you, you, you just call me and I'll, I'll hop in right back. Okay. You're welcome to okay. stay on the panel if you want to. So, yeah. Um, cool. Very cool. Okay. Next up, uh, Rick Bagel set up his Cocoa One. And now this is kind of fun. He's got VIP terminal running on it, which is a terminal program. Okay. He's got it linked up at 1200 baud to his Linux machine at home, which is then SSHing into his work machine. So he's actually using his Cocoa to log into his work. Which brings back great conduit. memories of me and Bill doing this back in the day. It's a Coco conduit. Yeah. Now, was this using like a, it looks like it's black and white. So this was like a P mode for graphical font thing. Yeah. Yeah. VIP terminal supported, what was it? 42, 51, 64, and 85 character modes. Oh depending my on God. How the hell how readable you, you want 85 characters into that 640? Uh, Three pixel wide characters. If you've seen the high mode of Telewriter 64, that's, that's kind of what it does. It's more of a page layout. Okay. Like if you're looking if, at a graph or something and done textually, uh, I wouldn't use it for trying to re- actually read anything. Well, yeah. if you have Coco VGA, it's perfectly clear. That's true. But back back in the day, you wouldn't have. So, <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Uh, the VGA really sharpens it up so you don't get all the weird artifacting if you tell it to stay in black and white. Okay. Mode. I usually use the 51 and the 64 back in the day because 64 was kind of readable. It was three char- or three pixel wide font, but it had the extra space between the characters so it didn't just blur together. Okay. And 51 was pretty nice. That was what the original Telewriter did. Okay. But it just it was kind of neat to be using a, an actual Cocoa to log into his local machine and then onto his work machine externally and, and actually doing work from the Cocoa. Yeah, that's neat. Which is what we used to do back in the day too. So right, and real quick too, I want to say hi to Glenn Hewlett who was out there. He was in the he was in the live chat. Uh, Glenn Hewlett. Oh, hi, Glenn. Did that you should join on the panel. We haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Glenn, and feel free to join us. The link to the Zoom call is is there. Uh, there is a password that's related to the processor. That goes on the cocoa. Um, very okay. one. <laughs> one more this, regular news story. Th- that Which, picture was also available on Show Us Your Tiny Color Computer. In case you guys uh, want to look oh, at okay. old machines. Cool. Uh, the next one here, I mean, and Brian Weasler kind of showed his his versions of some of these as well. This yeah. is from Paul Schreiber, you know, selling off all these old things from when he worked at Tandy. Yeah, he had a nice, really clear picture of the deluxe sixty four K color computer yeah. badge. So nice I thought I bubble, wanted to show that nice bubbly badge there. Yeah, really makes me wish that more of the circuit boards had survived. I mean, the cases were basically Coco One cases with a different color and different back cutouts for the composite yeah. video and stuff. And, and unfortunately, the uh, the keyboard survived, of course, because Brian's got one of those now, too. But the actual computer is quite rare. Curtis. Yep. I got a question now. Where, where would this uh, Deluxe 64K color computer badge go on the Deluxe computer? Do you have any idea? Probably uh, similar I like where the TDP don't, but I think 100 like the TDP was. Wasn't kind it? of yeah, center, like centered. center, like the TDP did or something. Yeah, I don't think there was a clear picture of it in the uh, Boise's book there, so... 
So I think the, the prototype he has, that he has doesn't even have the sticker on it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think but it I was a full. Right. I think it was a full size Coco One K. So it'd probably it be was. center, like similar where the TDP logo is on a TDP One Hundred. You know, that's what I suspect as well. I wonder if they put them into a landfill, a specific landfill, something like they did with the uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred oh, ET cartridges, and we could just go dig the suckers mm-hmm. up because there was fifty thousand made. I know originally and then they canceled right at the last minute like it was literally on pallets ready to get put together and that's when they pulled the plug yeah i just uh published a picture of the inside of a oka one from the landfill (laughs) oh from the point of view of the coca one yeah yeah. (laughs) shameful people actually threw them away Okay, so that's all the regular news I had. Um, I did want to mention, as as has been mentioned earlier in the show here, and and Rob Inman, did you manage to get a copy downloaded or did it? So, Curtis, I have the the one from previous in the day. I could not download the the last version you sent. So if if the version I have right now, which is very fast, uh, will help you, then we can still do the demo. So I'm having trouble hearing you. You're really quiet. Yeah, you're very low. I think it's um, being inside that CM8 is muffling him yeah, a little bit. Yeah, stuck in the CM8. Well, uh, I'll turn turn myself up. Can yeah, you hear me that's now? better. I can hear you yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I have the copy from previous in the day. Uh, the What you emailed me is not cooperating. So if that's good enough, then I can demo the how fast Rescue on Fractalus is. Well, we can go through a couple of things here. I just I did wanted to make sure you actually had it up and running first. So... Uh, the first thing you'll see is on the G-Shell screen itself here, we've got some extra drives listed. Um, how about we do this then? If we're getting ready to go to another demo part, how about we take a commercial break, break and then come okay. back? Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a commercial break. And then what are we going to see after the break? We're going to see some G-Shell demos and some optimizations. Yeah. Just kind of generally going over some of the stuff that will be in the beta five out near the end of this month. I've actually got Thank a list you. of bugs yes, I've still got to track down. And, and we've you. got testers that I just literally sent copies of last night and this morning that... Uh, Hopefully we'll get some feedback. Some of them are on the panel, too, and see if they've had a chance to try it out. Okay, so we are going to go ahead and take a commercial break. And we will be back in about two and a half minutes with more news and a ease-of-use teaser on Beta 5 after these words. We will return after these messages. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex. We think it works, so will you. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. Oh, I remember that Christmas. Dad gave me my first shortwave radio from Radio Shack. What memories. This Christmas, we got our son's color computer three from Radio Shack. It hooks right up to our TV and was on sale for less than $130. The color computer three makes learning fun. Jimmy even lets me use it for word process. When he isn't playing computer games. Lucky I still got my shortwave. Save $70 on the sale-priced Color Computer 3, only at Radio Shack. Hey, this is Bruce Moore, author of Force of Doom, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Strope. Only the bravest souls enter. Only the most cunning return. Defeat innumerable monsters to ransom the King's Scepter, stolen by the evil wizard. Your sword, shield, and wits are your only allies. Pray you find a magical inn as your only respite in the forest of doom. 
people with a tiny color computer one, two, and three. November 2017, if you dare. This is Ken Reichert, author of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. And you're experiencing... Coco Talk? Just when you thought it was safe to go back to Coco Fest. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Coco Fest Edition? Still low resolution, still digital to analog converted sound. More machine language. And basic. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Now includes the power of Terry to clear the road ahead. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Available as a DVD-ROM with all my past games as an alleged bonus, including my unreleased fourth Rainbow Adventure contest entry. Unreleased for a reason. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Get your physical or digital copy at cancanmakeit.com. Now you've really paid too much. <laughs> Nick Marionette on electricity. Crikey! Electricity's a fad. The big market is just open flame. <laughs> All right, the biggest supporter of Nitrous Nine on the planet, Nick Marionettes. <laughs> um, and let me, let me state that Ken Reichert is obviously the master of self-promotion. <laughs> I like Ron Delvo's Radio Shack um, medical mask he's got going on there. And Curtis, <laughs> if you give me 30 seconds, I'll have the new version running on my computer. Okay. There wasn't too much changes on the 609, so I'll just kind of run through what, what's to be expected in it, and there's still bugs getting fixed right now, too, So, and I'm sure the testers will find some more. Uh, but basically, we installed a bunch of uh, other games. Um, there's a few of them I'm still patching because of some limitations of the way that uh, Tandy had them written originally for the 128K Coco 3. Uh, a lot of them barely ran in 128K because the OS takes a fair bit of room itself. So a lot of them kind of chained between themselves to a shell uh, when you were done the game, you wanted to quit to come back to the, the command prompt, which now that we're running with larger machines with more RAM, what it basically happens is that it'll create an extra shell. So you have two shells running that window, one on top of the other, which is kind of a mess. So I'm patching some of those. I've patched Rescue and Fractalus. Cronus Rift will be patched for sure. There's a couple others I'm working on. Hopefully I'll have them all done by the end of the end of the month. Um, the other things on there, it, this has the new Super Icon Editor that uh, both Rob Inman and uh, Nick Morenti have been making all the new icons for the games with. So if you guys want to design icons for your own programs or if you want to replace the ones, the icon editor's in there. It's quite easy to use. And uh, I'll let Nick and uh, Rob comment on that because they probably use it more than I do these days. Um, there's been a bunch of optimizations, especially for the 6809. Um, I think I've demonstrated a few of them before, uh, like some of the commands like proc and mmap and a few others run literally several times faster than they used to. Um, there's a 6.309 version of Rescue and Fractus, which we'll be demonstrating a little bit later here, that is optimized beyond the video I showed last week, which was a 6.809 version, which is already 10 to 15% faster than the one you bought at Radio Shack back in the 80s. 
And uh, the biggest things, though, are, are G-Shell. Now, G-Shell, I did find out last night. I have a bug I got to fix in there because it's screwing up on certain folders. But uh, basically, the biggest uh, changes on G-Shell, uh, one, you can actually have it optionally rename the program because sometimes, especially like when I get to the Sierra games and get those working, uh, the Sierra games are all called Sierra. You launch the app Sierra no matter what game you're playing. So every icon shows up as saying Sierra is the name of the game, which is kind of silly. So I've, I've added an option where you can add in a pipe and then what you want to call the icon. So if you want to call it KQ3 for King's Quest 3 or LSL for Legion Suit Larry or Cauldron for Black Cauldron, you can do that. And, and the biggest change is that uh, G-Shell will actually launch natively VDG-based games. Now, there was hacks in the old days to do this. It would launch another program that then created a VG window. So basically, it was slower, and it took a lot of extra memory because it was actually forking multiple programs in a row just to run the program you actually wanted to run. And uh, Bill Noble and I worked on adding a new system call that allows us to do that natively in G-Shell uh, with one system call and then fork the program from there. And that, that part is working. Now, I just got to fix some of the VDG programs to properly handle being in a 512k machine though a few of the games back in the day actually were designed properly like microscopic mission and a few others so uh looking at the screen here um as before it has the you know the option for 40 or 80 column we have it defaulting to 40 because there are quite a few people still running on composite uh, like john and, and aaron at amigos for example running composite but you can also run eight if you want to fit more of your icons on the screen at once as rob just demoed here and the first thing you notice here is we've added in an extra hard drive on the left column of drives now that's not in the very the test I gave everybody right now. The H1 drive has not got anything there, so if you click on this action to give you an error, don't click on it. Um, the DD drive is the main drive image we've been doing for every alpha and beta for uh, ease of use up until this point, and we'll continue to do so. But it's also if somebody wanted to write their own stuff and you know fiddle around basic nine or C compiler or whatever on their own, every time I released a new beta, it got wiped out because I replaced that drive image. So you had to like make sure you backed it all up onto floppies or whatever else. What we'll be doing on beta five is we're going to be including a blank 120 meg hard drive image for your stuff. And then you can just save all your stuff on there. And then anytime I do an update, it's not going to wipe it out. You'll be able to keep all your own stuff. Uh, so you'll just have to worry about updating the main operating system image. Um, Good idea. Been... Sorry? Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a long overdue. <laughs> now, one thing I will mention as a caveat, I don't know if uh, Walter Zambotti and some of the other people working on VCC and OVCC will be able to fix this you know, in the near future. MAME supports two hard drives. The SDC supports two hard drives. And obviously, if you're running on a real IDE or SCSI or whatever, it'll support two hard drives. VCC does not. It only supports a single one. So you'll still have to do the old shenanigans with, with floppy drive images and stuff there, unfortunately. I'm hoping with OVCC and Walter actually has been sending me some questions on some other stuff he's working on. Uh, I'm hoping that's something they'll be able to update so that uh, VCC can also run two hard drives. We'll solve that problem for everybody then. Uh, other than that, um, like I said, there's some general optimization speed ups. There's the um, extra stuff in G shell, patching some of the games to work under the new environment properly. I've added a few couple apps. Um, Alan Huffman, I actually put on as a quick test uh, in the apps I put in, um, I think it's Joel's did checkbook. Don't don't bother running it. It's just a checkbook program, but just threw that on there too. So uh, unfortunately, uh, Alan, I was actually going to ask you about this since you're on the show. Um, the documentation I found on the archive is for the disk basic version of it. So obviously it's quite different than what OS 9 needs. Did you guys ever have a OS 9 manual for checkbook plus? Yes, we did. I'll see if I've been the archive. I uploaded basically all the masters I had to the Cocoa archive months back, but I was 
having them hold off until I had a chance to convert some of them. A lot of them are in weird formats with control codes in there for whatever we used. I don't know okay. what Joel did on his, but um, worst case is I've got the paper manual that I could scan and make available. Okay, cool. Because I noticed it used a lot of the same routines your towel program did, so... Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think that his was homespun. Oh, okay. Cause it has the yeah. same functionality, like alt and the letter, you know, pull down a menu and you can yeah. operate the GUI in it either through keyboard or mouse, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, as we keep adding more stuff here, I mean, uh, Nick and, and Rob have both been pretty busy making tons of icons and I just threw in one there, but we'll have to make one there. So. Like I said, don't bother running it, uh, Rob, but just to, just to mention it's on there. And we'll be adding more. I'm going to be adding, like, not just games. I'm going to be adading, like, actual apps and stuff, too. Uh, Super Egg, I think we've demonstrated in the show before. I don't know if we need to know, know if we need to re reshow that or not. Uh, probably not for now. I don't want to take the whole show here. So the main thing, though, of course, is the games. That's where... Uh, and we've completely changed the directory structure of games. So if you double-click on that, you'll see the first... Uh, thing here is we're dividing level one, which is Cocoa one and two games from back in the day, and then level two games, which is Cocoa three stuff. Um, now, level one, because of the way they had to do backwards compatibility and the way the Cocoa one and two, you only had 64K, so you're combining all of OS 9 plus whatever game you were running. They did some things a little bit differently, which is mostly compatible. Not always. I've noticed like uh, Alternate Reality, the city and Interbank games did both instantly crash. Cave Walker runs really weird timing-wise. And that's because all three of those programs don't do most of their stuff through the OS 9 system itself. They actually directly hit the hardware. So they're reprogramming the PIAs and the VDG and the SAM directly. So the operating system doesn't have a clue any of this is going on. Now, the Cocoa 1 and 2, those games are big enough. That was the only thing you'd ever run at the time because that's all you could fit in 64K. So it wasn't a big deal. On OS 9 Level 2, on the other hand, where you're trying to run everything else simultaneously and running other windows and shells, it's a really big deal. And it actually causes spectacular crashes, sometimes of the app, sometimes of the entire operating system because we don't have protected memory. So I will probably be pulling one or two of the ones I have in that directory off until I get them fixed. And some of them look like they're going to take some pretty extensive fixes. So we'll save a, a Level 1 game for the last part of this demo uh, just because it also sucks a lot of system memory. When you're running a P-Mode 4 style game in level one, that comes out of your system app. Now, if if Rob goes to a window, just types S-Map, you can see how little system app we've got left with everything else we've already got running. This is your 64K system process, basically. And you can see we've got 10K free at the moment. Now, for running regular windows and, and regular shells, that's fine because you can fit quite a few into that. But when you're running the level one graphic games, it starts yanking like 6, 7K out at a time. So literally, you're limited. If you're running a graphical level one game, you can probably only run one at a time. You can still leave your other Windows and G shell running, but at that point, you're pretty well maxed out. So a re big recommendation, which I'll be putting in the docs, is if you're running level one graphical games, just run one at a time and make sure you exit it cleanly so it returns the memory back before you run anything else. Level two games don't have that problem. And level one text games don't take that much out of the system RAM, so we can leave that. So if we go to level two, the next thing we've changed is we've started doing subdirectories by genre. And I think this will just make it easier to find if you're in the mood for an arcade game, if you're in the mood for an adventure game, instead of trying to guess from an icon exactly what it is. I mean, some are self-explanatory, but some of the newer games or original games, you wouldn't have a clue until you actually ran them. And uh, this, this will probably be expanding in the future. I've had some suggestions that certain games kind of cross genre borders. 
like is Rescue and Fractals kind of a flight simmy game or is it more of a strategy game or is it more like a simulator or is it an arcade game? Right now I have an arcade, but uh, I'll take suggestions from that because one thing OS 9 has is the ability to cross link files without wasting disk space duplicating the files. You can tell it, I want this file to appear in this folder and this one, but I only want one copy on the disk. And it'll just put a little header that tells, you know, here's where you find the actual file and they both point to the same thing. So you can and save you a lot of this space. We can it actually sounds like a Windows notes. shortcut. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Symbolic yeah. link. Yeah, it's basically just the, the, there's a directory sector header, which is one sector that contains the name of the file and then the points to where it is. And that's all it's duplicating. The whole rest of the file is just stored once. And I've actually, I've been using that for development because I was starting to fill up the hard drive with all my, you know, source code listings and everything else too. So I've actually started cross-linking like the defs files because some of the file or some of the programs actually need, you know, custom versions where it's not using all of them linked together at the same time or a custom version of uh, some of them. So some of them I've, I've created separate copies if they're different, but if they're the same, I can just link in the one and not have to duplicate the disk space. So the disk space free is actually a little bit less on this version than it was in the previous one. But I think DSAVE might blow up with that, so i got to check into that later. Anyway, that's what we've got here. Um, there's some subdivisions, too. Now, one of the complaints on G-Shell on Beta 4 was that the more icons you get into a single directory, the longer it takes to load initially. Because basically, for every icon for it to display, it has to read two files. It has to read the AF file, which tells it what icon, what the program is, memory requirements, parameters, and the icon itself. So every time it tried to pick one icon up on the screen, it had to open, read, parse, and close two files, the actual AF and the icon file. Now, on beta 4, we had 20-some-odd games in the games directory, so it was reading 40 files in a row just to display those icons. So until I get a chance to go in and optimize how that whole thing works, I'm one of the reasons for doing this subdivision, besides being able to find the type of game you want to play faster, is that it also speeds up the loads of all of these because now it's just showing you know, a few games in each one. And I've also grouped any ones that have their own sets of files that they aren't self-contained in one program, uh, that those will have their own folders so that it keeps it separate so you know what files belong to what, because that was beginning to become part of a problem where some games, you know, made the same name of a data file they use, yet they're totally incompatible with each other because they're two totally different games, just that the person called the data or whatever. And it was causing problems where if I put them all into the same directory, it would overwrite each other and screw each other up. So I'll be keeping those in separate folders now, which should solve that problem. Um, so we've been gradually going through. That one's a test. Uh, the Sierra games do have a bit of a problem. Now, it won't affect too many people, but it will affect some. Uh, back in the early 2000s, Robert Gold did some patches to the Sierra games so that they would run on a 1 meg or 2 meg or 8 meg or, you know, Paul's 64 meg no CAD boards. Uh, properly, because the, the games are hard-coded to read the MMU, but the MMU only returns accurate bits for 512K. Anything past that, you get random gibberish, so they crash. So he patched it to work on the higher ones. Now, when William made the uh, Coco Archive, he discovered that on a 512K machine, if you're running those patch ones, then it crashes when you exit. So he reverted them all back to the 512. Now, I would like to be able to patch it so that everything works on no matter what. And I, I'm, a, I'm working on doing that. Uh, for now, because the newest two meg boards, the Triad Plus and the latest version of the Boomerang all let you read back those bits, they actually do work fine on the newer two meg machines. Now, if you have the original Boomerang or if you have the Disto one or two meg, 
or if you have uh, any of Paul's NOCAN boards, they will not work as it currently stands. So I'm going to be working on trying to patch that. And it's the reason I've not put a lot of the Sierra games on here because I wanted to get that fixed before we go. Um, but this one's on here. If you have one of the newer two meg boards or if you just have 512K, it should work fine. So, and then there's one of the you know, icons that Nick did, for example, there. All right, help me summarize this whole Sierra memory thing again, because it was a lot of information. It was kind of hard to <laughs> digest and distill it. Okay, the versions I've got on there now will work on everything except for the original Disto 1 meg board, the original Disto 2 meg board, any of the NOCAN boards with more than 512K, and the original version of the Boomerang E2 before it was fixed to do the... Uh, okay, so basically you're providing the unpatched version now, which works properly on the newer high memory boards. Yeah, because okay. the patch that Robert did, I guess, caused it to screw up on 512K machines, which a lot of people have. So it was kind of like pick one or the other. Okay. This is more commonly not a problem. I'm still planning on fixing it so it becomes a, not a problem on anything. Right, and so if, you're going to create a universal patch that patches yes. it for all situations, just not now. So the, the, the quick fix is to just put the unpatched versions on this particular... Which runs on the most of the machines that are currently out there. Yeah. Okay, I follow. Um, and otherwise, we've added a few other games in here. There's a scattered, you know, smattering of them. You can kind of take a look and pour through if you want to take a take a boo at them. Um, a couple others here. I've got that problem where they chain to a shell, so you get two shells running like Coronas currently does. Um, but most of them, most of them work pretty good. Um, Rescue has been optimized. It's been fixed, so I know exactly what to do in Coronas. I just have to finish the disassembly so I can get it to assemble properly, and then I'll be fixing that. Uh, Rescue has got optimizations for the 6809. Like I said, it runs about 10, 12% faster than the original one. And the 639, which runs a fair bit faster. Um, probably, well, Rob, have you had a chance to try it before yet? Or Which one? Rescue and Fractalus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And well, how fa much faster than the original version do you think it is? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> it's like instantaneous. It's ridiculously fast. You let me know, you know, when we should double click on this, but yeah, sure. Fire it up. Let's see it. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. Is this running on a solid that. state hard drive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uses, uh, I can't remember which joystick port, but. The left port. Yeah, I wish more games had actually done the click to select your le your joystick rather than hard code it because there's there's a couple card games I've got that actually force the high res joystick interface on even if you don't have one. Yeah, this is insane. This is wicked fast. Now, as a, as a constant running side project, there's still more optimizations I can do for the six or nine. I just did a chunk that you know had the biggest bang for buck. Oh, hold on, Curtis. I forgot I wanted to do something. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> just hit clear. Yeah, just hit clear. Oh, now I'm going to go back to play my game. Yeah, there's a space bar pause. Some games like Come Guy actually will auto-pause when you clear off the window. Um, that is and, and Rob, do you have two-button joysticks there? I do. Okay. Because Come Guy would be a good one to show, I think. Oh, okay. That is uh, insanely I, fast. Can I exit? How do I do? Uh, control C. 
he's overclocking that 6309, isn't he? <laughs> no, I can imagine what's going to run like with a three megahertz upgrade from Ed Snyder, though. Okay, Kim guy. You want to turn your volume up too so you can hear the speech? Uh, okay, I can do that. And this was one of your icons, isn't it? It is. Okay, I've never done. I've never clicked on it before. Are we ready? Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't crash. <laughs> I hate doing live demos. You have a very twitchy mouse there. To be ninja. There we go. Oh, yeah. The red button's your punch. Uh, black, I think, is your jump. And if you hold both, you can do that. This is actually almost looks playable at this point because I know normal speed, it was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, it's very fast. Yeah. That's got digitized sound effects. And it, it plays actually a little bit faster than the RS DOS version now because this is running in native mode. I haven't patched it yet, but it's just native mode itself is kind of kept it up with uh, running it under Nitrous 9. This is cool. I never would have. And now this is not using hardware scrolling either, right? Nope. Stack blasting is what it's using. I like having to go behind the phone booth or whatever that is there. So you get like your two layers. Yeah, this was a pretty good game under Aristos too. I mean, the, the same author, Glenn Dahlgren from Sundog, he originally did Warrior King, which ran fairly slow and, and kind of choppy. And he got a lot better by the time he did Gun Guy. And then Kevin Darling and Eddie Kuntz, there was a challenge saying you couldn't do a decent arcade game under Nitrous or under OS9 back in the day. And uh, they took the challenge on and ported it over. I think um, Kevin had the basic port done in a couple weeks. And then Eddie kind of cleaned up a few things about it. Hold my beer. It's just fine. And if you hit clear, you can, you know, hit, hit to another window and, and it actually will auto pause. The power of Dang, multitasking. And you're right back. Look and at it, that. Yeah. That is amazing. This was really good at work because sometimes Bill and I would be playing this and then uh, you know, one of the bosses would pop yeah, by and just yeah, quickly clear yeah. over. Yeah, we're running the printers. I'm just writing a program here right now. As soon as he's gone, back to the game. Okay, so Dragon Bites is asking, is the optimized Nitrous 9 version faster than RS-DOS? Yes. Yes? Okay. Well, this one isn't optimized yet. I haven't started oh, optimizing it's this mode, one. native mode, though. Yeah, it is running native mode. So OS 9 has a little bit overhead, so it would have ran a bit slower, but the native mode is running about 10 to 15% faster by itself, so it's slightly faster than the original. And if I go in and optimize a sucker with TFMs and stuff, it should be a fair bit faster. I haven't started that yet, though. And digitized sound effects throughout. There's punches and yeah. runs and all kinds of stuff. That is neat. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember seeing this, and the first time I saw it, I'm like, man, this is so slow. This is unplayable. I didn't even want to try it. So, yeah, I might be interested in doing this once it's at a decent clip, you know? Well, do you think this is still too slow, or is this No, this is, this is probably playable here, but if you can make it faster, that would be even better, you know? So. Yeah, I'm going to concentrate on the Sierra first, because I do want to optimize the Sierra games to also yeah. be faster, as well as fix the, the memory issue. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> that's neat this is neat so all of this is going to be baked into beta 5 yeah and when do we think beta 5 is going to be available it's going to be out by the end of April for the end sure of April. and if, if I, depending on how fast I can get bugs fixed including that one I just found in G-Show I did some changes to do the renaming of icons but that means 
if an icon was designated to be an extension, like, you know, for GIFs, for example. Okay. Where it's supposed to, you know, assign the same icon for every GIF and then you double click and it launches whatever your GIF viewer is. Right. Unfortunately, whatever I did when I was optimized or changing it to allow you to change the title of a program from what the actual program name was means that when you do one of those types of icons, it just lists the name of the program to launch, not the name of the file itself. So every single GIF you get is called view, for example. Oh, 30 or 40 you got in your directory. So I've got to fix that. Okay. I think I know what I did wrong, but I only literally discovered the bug yesterday. I haven't had a chance to fix it yet. Um, I'll just kind of, while he's demoing it here, I'll just run through my notes. Um, Floyd Ressler, I've got one of his games on there called Magic Stones. And he's actually, once he gets you know unbusy with work, because his job is unfortunately really busy because of the, uh, the virus, um, he's actually working on getting both Dungeon Depths and Gem Quest to work. So those will be some more games probably coming in beta 6. Um, speed Ups in the 6809 I mentioned before. Uh, Sean Driscoll's Knights game, which is a kind of a weird chess. There's a new Mastermind graphical game. Super Ike we've talked about. There's a text version of Sokoban with all 50 levels. In fact, you can edit your own if you want. Um, fixed a bug in Disasm. Uh, the new IO Man has a new attach call. There's a new OS9 Kern and, and Kern P2, which has some speedups with 6.7.9 that are pretty drastic. Uh, I wrote a kernel utility for editing kernel tracks, which is more for the tech heads. Uh, I fixed the corrupted icon for the demo app because <laughs> it was fried. Oh, Run Cyrus Chess. That's another good one. Oh, wow. This is... Uh... 640 IRS? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, this this is the port of the Cyrus chess cartridge for the Coco 1 and 2 from Tandy that Bur Chris Burke of Burke and Burke ported to OS 9 to run the 640 screen. So he actually gets to keep all the directions and stuff on the right-hand side. And you can play with joystick or keyboard, and it's actually a full chess. But it's got the nice animations where if you move your chess pieces, they don't just blink over. They actually slide, slide over top of other pieces. Okay. Stuff, did, he, so. did he add that animation? I'm trying to remember if Cyrus, I haven't played Cyrus on the cartridge so long I can't remember. The sliding was there in the original uh, Cyrus. Okay. That's but basically, it's, it's it's the Cyrus chess game, but remodded onto the 640 screen so that you can have all these explanations and command lists and help built in while having all the animation and everything else. So That's otherwise, cool. it, it plays just the same. That's cool. And control C to exit if you want. Dragon to. Bite says he loves the virtual CM8 experience, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> with the door, CM8 with the of door. Of course. Yeah. Door. Now this is the problem. Uh, Cyrus Chess sets high res um, mouse mode, so when you exit Cyrus Chess, your mouse doesn't work. So uh -oh. you've got to have a high res uh, mouse or. Or switch the keyboard mouse and then yeah. run control to reset. Um, yeah, no, there's a few apps that did that. I, I, I really hate authors that did that. Everything's fine. Sorry. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, yours is? Okay. Nothing's I do know there are some apps that do override settings, so I have to find out how to patch those if I can to get them to um, you know, leave the mouse alone because they were, they were meant to run as standalone programs back before MultiView came out. Yeah. So, of no, course, they the forced you know, mean, left or right joystick. They forced high res, low res, et cetera. Hey Curtis. Yeah. Um, why did you call, why is it called G Shell? Where did that name come from, and why is it MultiView? Ask Tandy because they they called the package MultiView and they called the program G Shell. Graphical Shell is what it stands shell, for, right? but yeah. 
But they could have called it Multiview itself. So, so. It, yes. So isn't it really oh. Multiview? Well, Multiview is a whole package. That includes some other support programs and stuff too, like the control panel and G-Clock and the calendar and all that stuff. So Multiview is the whole package with all those programs combined. G-Shell is just the graphical shell to let you double-click stuff. Okay. Now, Windows. The other question Windows I have is, is a graph. Sorry. Sorry. The slider on the side goes up and down the scroll bar. If there's enough icons on the screen to warrant it, yes. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Just like. A, well, it's just an indicator how far you are. Use the arrows to move. I do want to change that bar. eventually, too. Okay. Run, run Shanghai, actually. Okay. The, the original, original uh, Rick Adams version. I set this one up a bit differently because there's alternate tile sets on the OS 9 version. So you got regular Shanghai, you got Shanghai TR, which is the traffic tiles, and then Shanghai CR is the uh, cards. So you can actually, instead of having to remember the parameter to do it, like on beta four, you can just pick which version you want to play and just double click it. And by default, does it have the alternate color set too? The, like uh, we actually enabled the options. So you don't have to find that hidden little square, so you can just uh -huh. pick original or alternate, so you can actually select it easily. Yeah, double-click one of the traffic or cards, whichever one. <laughs> it's definitely easier to figure out what the hell you're looking at, right, when you see two yield signs there, right? So. Yeah, and there's your original and alternate color sets, which will change the border. And the alternate the, is kind of the ivory-colored... Uh, yeah. Rick Adams' preferred colors. Yeah. Yeah. When he hid in there because Activision didn't want that. <laughs> yeah. Stuck it to the man. Uh, yeah. No, this is cool. What a rebel. Yeah. And the playing card tile set looks cool, too. There's also a VEF template, and there's a little utility that Alan DeCock did for it so that you can actually load it up in a graphical editor, like MV Canvas or something, and you can actually edit in your own tile sets, and then you run this little converter, and it pulls all the little images out, Ooh, and then makes a new make, tile set. Can we make like David file. Lads and Nick Marotas you could. and stuff? So yeah, you could. The Coco Talk version, <laughs> Ooh, the <laughs> or as some people would call it, the Losers version. <laughs> the Don't forget your drive fire. RS232. Turkey edition. <laughs> it says return to OS nine. Aren't you still in OS nine? Yep. To yep, the be OS clear, nine you're still... window. Boom. Bang. I really should say exit game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was once again meant for the 120K machines. So. Yeah, for single taskers, those losers. Uh, and I've got Sean Driscoll's basic 09 version of uh, Shanghai well, as well, which, I mean, runs slower, obviously, because it's not written in ML, but it actually runs pretty good. And then there's Carmen San Diego is another one of the uh, VDG-style games that now launches and plays. All right, I'd like to call um, Asparagus on OS, OS 9 talk at this point now. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're talking about games here, man. I know, I'm just messing uh. with you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can I it's a perfect segue there? to game on, Lee. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not even done yet. I still have a section. Oh, I'd no. like to talk about. Oh Christ! Do, David wants to talk it. about something. So yeah, <laughs> do it. Click on it. Do it, Carmen. Uh, Curtis is okay to run. Is Carmen? Yeah, is this one. Nick, is this the one that doesn't exit cleanly? Well, that's the one I didn't know how to exit cleanly. That. Yeah, I mean, you can kill I. it off manually, or we can just use this as last demo, or we yeah. can, you know, show a level one game too. Look how fast that is! It's just. Boom. Broderbund. Look at that animation. 
Man, listen to that sound. That's, Is that a sound chip? Uh, that's digital to audio, uh, digital to analog. Digital to analog converted yeah. sound. <laughs> and it's a bit warbly, too, because OS 9 is running G shell and trying to read your now, mouse and everything else. What color set is this? This is a four color 320 mode because they needed the extra RAM at 16K. And they changed the palette on every single country you go to to have the four palettes selected for that particular country. Okay, so this is definitely a Coco 3. Okay. 320 by 200 by or 320 by 192 by four color with pal changes as you go. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And just so Curtis, just so people know when they see the sparklies, can you explain what that is and, and why it's there? Like it, when certain uh, is it magic fairy dust? <laughs> what, was, what was the question? Sorry, sparkly uh, something when, about sparkly. When certain things load, like Kim guy, yeah, that's like, that's because uh, some changes that Bill and I had done in Nitro Sun way back got rolled out at some point. Because um, you have to time palette changes to be on an H sync or a V sync to get that sparkly to go away, and we had done that, and we built it into the clock module so that it would just catch up every time the clock was, you know, checking for multitasking and a tick and reading the keyboard, etc. That stuff went bye bye at some point in the last twenty five years, and uh, now it, whenever they set the palettes immediately done, which might be in the middle of a scan line, which means you get that flicker as it's changing the palette register. So. Bill and I are going to be working on uh, in beta six to try to get that back to where we had it. And that should fix it on all the games that have this problem. Hmm. I, I, love the, I love the look at this teletype thing here though. Yeah. It's got sounds too. It's like doing the beep, 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 beep as here going across. Sorry, Ron. Yeah. So, uh, something I was going to ask you too is, is there a graphical interface for uh, modifying your baud rates and using your printer? Yeah. That's under, um, uh, the Tandy menu on G Shell. There's a printer for printer stuff, and I th- can't remember the other ones for the baud rates. There's a few oh, things under there. There's an icon for a printer. Does that work? Um, that that's actually print. So you'd click on a text file, a single click, and then you'd click on the printer, and it would actually fire up the G Print module, which would then print it out based on your margins and stuff, and and actually print. So you're saying go What's, to the Tandy menu, which is. Yeah, that X, next yeah. to files, the little X-looking thing. Like the it's, a, it's a TC Tandy logo shrunk yeah, down. You can go to printer. Yeah, port is your uh, R232 ports. Oh, there you go. Port name. So how would I you don't know. If, do we have any serial ports even on the U written? So it's T2. It's T2 for the pack. Yeah, and T1 would be the bitbank. I don't know if I have those installed on ease of use because I haven't yeah. gotten to those yet. Neither is Bill, and we're trying to just put stuff in that we know works, especially with all the changes we're doing. What's what's the default baud rate? Uh, actually, whatever you set up in your boot when you made your boot file, which Bill's new boot editor will let you change on the fly when you're making boots. You can change it to default to 300 or 19.2 or whatever. Well, we, we don't know, do we, if we just boot into... You can, you can type the X mode command or X mod two, and it'll tell you, you have to look up in the manual what the corresponding number means, but it, you, can, you can find out what it's currently set to. Most terminal programs will let you override it in the terminal program itself, though, obviously. And uh, Curtis, there's a, there's a guy on Discord that's going to be writing a new control panel. Yeah, that's Sorry, what? what? He's saying, he said there's a guy in Discord who's going to be writing a new control panel. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. And I, I mentioned, like, as long as he keeps using the env- environment file in DD Sys so it's compatible with the old, he can add as much. I mean, that's what I've been adding some of my stuff for G Shell in. Okay. Anything else uh, we can show? 
Uh, well, we can show one level one game just to show it a Coco one game. You'll have to quit uh, Carmen. Now, this is, I don't know if this is going to work properly. Try control C or control Q or something. I've never seen it before. I think it looks pretty cool. Now, that's where I got to, and it locked there. Yep, it's uh, locked. So, okay, yeah. go to a shell. Just type proc. And, and then up. kill, what is that process for? I think that's one of the ones where it's trying to exit with some weird chain thingy. Okay. Uh, should we look at simulators or strategy? You said a, v, a level one game. Are you yeah, I don't want to tie one? up the whole segment here on, on just showing all the games. Okay. We'll have to have just some surprises. You're in people, level right? two, though. Did you want to show You're level in level one? two, yeah. I know. Okay, I wanted to see some more. Yeah. Microscopic Mission works perfectly fine. It exits cleanly. I should mention that. That's a Greg Zumwalt game. Okay. also. Okay, so here we've there's there's two we could show, and I'll let you pick which one we end the show with, or end the segment with, I should say. Uh, the arcade game is Zero Gravity, which is a port of an old game by Ed. Uh, Mr. Perkursky who's done a bazillion games for T&D and Chromoset back in the day, which was ported by a friend of mine locally here in Saskatoon years ago. It's right. a level one arcade game. And then the other one you could run is Biosphere, uh, which is another Greg Zumwalt game. Um, Let's look at Zero Gravity. Uh, yeah, okay. Biosphere, I think everybody's seen before. So. Okay, arcade, Zero Gravity. Here we go. Boom. Chromaset Magazine presents Zero G. I think I'm going to flip my switcheroo. Oh, no artifacts. Nope, it's a pure black and white game. Left and right arrow keys, turn, and then the alt key Ooh. is your thrust. And you have to hit those targets before your timer runs out. And there's a fire button. How do you fire? There's no fire. You got to hit the target. Oh, you have to hit it. Oh. Collision. <laughs> okay. And it's got pretty decent sound effects that we can't hear it now at the moment. That's uh, the thrusting on this is pretty fast. Oh, it gets really fast if you hold it down. And it bumps around like a pinball. Yeah. Pretty great. And there's a disc version, uh, a disc basic version of this one as well. So that's cool. That's very cool. And then you said N, or unless you want to play it. Again. And it, it exits gracefully. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. Carmen San Diego yeah. could learn a thing or two from that. <laughs> well, like I said, they were limited with 128K and they, had, they did some special wonky stuff to even let you get a shell. So that's the stuff I got to fix because they were designed for that. Microscopic Mission was actually designed properly because there's not much extra code. I did notice that the programs that seem to know how to exit properly were written by Coco people. So, like, for example, Greg Zumwalt had worked with OS9 since back in, you know, level one days with Biosphere and stuff. So he knew how to do the proper exiting. The ones that were done by the third-party developers that just started on the Cocoa when the Cocoa 3 came out, like yeah. Epics and stuff, they mm-hmm. had no idea. Okay. Okay. Hey, Curtis, talk about the disk image that David Ladd contributed. I'll let David talk about that because he likes it. How about we that. take another commercial break because my brain needs a little <laughs> diversion at this point. Asparagus. Asparagus. All right, we're going to take another commercial break, and then we'll be back with David Ladd, everybody. Uh, it's a threat, not a promise. Yeah. Have we done Fletcher? I need to find Fletcher. Which which one of my commercial breaks has Fletcher? I can't find it. Fletcher. Okay. We'll be, we'll be back after Fletcher. After these messages, we'll be right back. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. 
But, J.T. Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. On holidays, Uncle JT would entertain us with stories of his business conquests and his assistant who would meet any deadline that he imposed, no matter how ridiculous. Well, until she shot him in the face, that is. Hi, this is the award-winning Alan Huffman of Subbeat the Software, and you're watching Stevie Fall Off Cliffs. What's going on, guys? Stevie Stroh here, and I want to say thank you so much for being part of this adventure with us. It's been such a great experience in doing Coco Talk every week, and the support we get is just amazing. And so the fact that you watch and listen is all the reward that we need. However, if you would like to become a patron of the show and offer some financial assistance towards the production and hosting costs of the show, we do have a Patreon site available for that, and you can reach that by going to our website at cocotalk.live and clicking on the Patreon link. But just do us a favor and watch and listen to the show. This is not the Joey Serial Switch. This is the Joey Serial Switch. Control up to three serial devices. Order yours today at cocoman.biz. Radio Shack, America's technology store. This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger with like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. <laughs> All right, and we're back like that idiot from the book. So, everybody, <laughs> fasten your seatbelts because David Ladd's got something he wants to share, and he's probably excited about it. So, David, are you excited? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, since Rob has a real Coco hooked up, I'm assuming he's got the current beta going on it. Oh, I do, David. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> Let's take and reboot into Disk Basic, sir. Okay. I need to wash my hands. Oh, now we're talking. All right. So the image should be all green. Correct. Oh, it's mad. I'll come green warrior. Well, type dir. No, I don't know. Type dir. Okay. So now the thing is, is that I went through and made the hard disk images for the SDC for those that 
don't want to deal with the whole waiting to get into OS 9. You can go in. I can wait. And <laughs> I, I got a nice finger for you there, Neat. Um, so, um, so right here, you can... You can... Shouldn't we call the auto-exec.bass? Did we lose, David? Did, yeah, did David drop off now? David, did we lose Ooh. Who the hell knew? Oh. <laughs> All right. So, so well, basically, you, you take this auto.bass. I thought it was auto-exec.bass. Right. You rename it to auto-exec.bass. Ah, gotcha. And uh, then you're, on your SD card, It will you will need to make sure that you're... Um, Coke, the uh, either the 68 or the 6309 um, version of your SDC image is mounted in drive zero, and as soon Bass. as it's on the cocoa, it will boot. Okay, so you're basically saying you want to modify your SDC startup file to automatically boot the ease of use thing for you. Is that what you're saying, David? Well, well, well it's a two-part stage, the way the SDC works. The SDC's firmware to mount the disk images is controlled by a file on the SD card called... Um, Startup.config? Yeah, startup.config. And then if you put zero equals, whatever, whether you're using the 63 SDC.BHD or the 68 Somebody makes a lot of noise. Yes, I know. It's annoying. Um, basically, depending on which one you choose, and then when you reboot, it will then come up and look for an autoexec.bass. SDC DOS does. And then when it finds it, it runs it. And of course, then of course, in this particular image is DOS, which then boots you into Nitrous 9 without having so to wait. David, if I just change autoexec.bass to something else and rename auto.bass to autoexec.bass, that's all I have to do. I don't have to change the config file, right? Um, the config file, if it's not configured to load your um, SDC for the Nitrous oh, Nine, then you will have to <sighs> edit bubble. So if you're already if you're already set up to load the Explorer at boot the way I am, then really you just have to rename the file. This is what well, our nice menu program. Okay, I'm 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 a little bit lost at this point. Are we are we <laughs> talking now? And I'm not I'm not trying to be sarcastic here, but I understand the Coco SDC can launch an autoexec.bass file. That's how the normal SDC Explorer boots. So what Correct. are you saying, David? That's different than launching. Going? Are you saying that instead of launching SDC Explorer, if you want to, you can change your file to launch? ease of use directly the minute you fire on your cocoa with the SDC. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes. Because the but, way this hard disk image is set up, it's not just an OS9 disk image. It's both an OS9 and this basic disk image. So therefore there's a small section that's reversed reserved for disk basic that has an area for the um autoexec.bass, which Curtis renamed auto.bass. So you have to name it okay, auto.bass, so, and then you have to have it. 
Okay, can okay. I can I interrupt then? Can we just fix the image to where the file is named properly so we don't have to manually futz with it? Because that just seems okay, asinine you know to what? me. I had already had it set that way, but other people decided it needed to be a different way. So if other people want it that way, they need to talk to the person that changed it. Thanks. Okay, I'm just not understanding why we're like, well, you mount it, but then you have to rename it. That just seems like... Well, I'll give you the explanation here. Most people that are using ease of use also want to you know, use SD6 Explorer and play games and stuff. When you change the autoexec pass here, that means as soon as you turn your machine on, it's into Nitrous 9. You don't have access to the SDC Explorer until you like you know power off and then reconfigure your drive or rename the file type thing. So the thing was, like I know Nick, Nick had tried it, and it actually, I had, the first version I sent Nick actually had a bug in it, so it crashed on boot, and it just went into an endless loop of crashing on boot until he shut the machine right off. So because the majority of people are trying Nitrous 9 as a fun thing as opposed to you know, like living in it like me or David would do, then in this case, we just set it up so that you can change it just by renaming this. If you're a Nitrous 9 diehard, you can rename it, and then you'll just boot Nitrous 9 every time you turn your cocoa on. But for the average person, we left it so that you can optionally do well, that. Well, let me. So this is what I'm not understanding. I have an idea. Yeah, why don't you have a little menu when it first boots up that you can go into? Which is well, exactly use, what I. Which is exactly what I've been working on. You, you can you can use C to do that already type of thing. I mean, you can just select mm-hmm. Nitrous Nine and it boots. So, but I can integrate yeah, this true. into my menu. I think. I mean, this is not going to automatically boot OS Nine unless you change your auto exec bass file to tell it to automatically launch yeah. the EOU disk anyway. So it's not like this is an invasive thing that's hijacking your system. You have to go out of your way to do it. That's well, right. I, I did that on purpose because if if I left it as auto exec bass and as soon as you mount this drive, then you're, you're Nitrous 9 every time you turn your cocoa on. So have a menu before. Oh, so what you're saying is, okay, now I'm following because I didn't, I didn't make the connection here. So yeah. if, if, if you, Choice. because it's always booting into OS 9, there's no way to stop it. Get back it. to the Explorer and other than, okay, off. but other than how, okay, so let me, here's another dumb question. In, in order to modify your auto exec bass startup config file, you got to do that on a PC anyways. You got to take the SD card out and change that file because most people are not doing that file on the Cocoa. So I don't see this as a huge problem because you have one way or another, you got to manually turn this on. And so if you manually turn it on, then you can manually turn it off. This is not like an unsolvable problem. Yes, it's a feature. It's a feature. Okay, so yeah. I understand why now, but again, I wasn't understanding why. Well, shit, if I want to change my SD file, I'm going to put it in my PC and just edit the file on my PC anyways, right? So yeah. I, think I don't for know. Most casual users, they usually just select the ease of use from the SDC Explorer anyway because they don't yeah. run yeah. it all the time, right? Okay. So this way it doesn't hijack your system. Okay. But if you're right, somebody that lives in OS 9 like a few of us do, then this, this way you can skip right into it right off the bat. But this disk format should streamline that because instead of having to mount uh, the disk separately, you just mount the one, right? For ease of use. Okay, so so yeah. what 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 does that auto bass program do? That's a good question. Does it just type in the word DOS <laughs> and launch it? No, it does some pokes, and I'm I'm not really sure exactly what the pokes do. If, if David could answer that, because he's probably more familiar with it than I am. What's inside the auto exec bass file? Uh, just the the path to what disk to launch when the SDC boots. No, it's all, it's all that stuff, which I'm not sure what exactly that's. Okay, doing. so I don't know why it's doing all of its stuff and then doing that stuff, but you could do a line five saying 
would you like to load SDC Explorer? Yes or no? If they hit yes, then have it run SDC. If no, then mm -hmm. continue this. All right. Yep, you could. I yep. mean, SDC Explorer already has that option. You can just pick, you know, the Nitrous Nine image and launch it from there too. So okay. So so a, a bunch of if I've, then. <laughs> so what? So I'm I'm, I'm 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 a little bit lost in why we even started talking about this because <laughs> it's if if we're talking about a method to boot OS Nine directly. Then uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm still lost. All right, I'm gonna. I don't understand why this is. This is overkill. It's, this it's I think a this feature. is feature. If people want to turn it on, that's yeah, it. that's all. Yeah. I've been working on a boot menu which does a bunch of stuff that this could be added to. Like, just have a separate program that launches, and that boot menu says launch SDT Explorer or or launch DOS, whatever. Like, is, could you do it that way? Yeah, there's multiple ways you can do it. Yeah. And then you want I to just figured for the casual user, if they wanted to try Nitrous 9, so they want to play Kim Guy or one of the newer games on it, and then if they have the auto exec on there, and then they you know, they hit Control Alt Reset and go back, and then they it immediately boots back into Nitrous 9 because it basically it hijacks with the auto exec. So you literally have to shut the machine off. That's what Nick hit, and then when I gave him a buggy version that crashed, it just made him an endless loop of crashing. Yeah, it's just a feature for power users. Yeah, basically that's mean, exactly what I would yeah. say. Okay, I mean, I, I can yeah. Who just said power use for the people that don't even want a menu, they just want to go in Nitrous Nine because that's where they live. This is this is for them. Dragon bites get a life, don't they? You could have a timer and have it automatically launch a default, like yeah, because you can do that too through SDC. That's that's the casual user's way to do it, I would think, because they you know switch between games and running other stuff like Color Max and and Nitrous Nine. So it's just an option for power users. What does Peaks do though? Like what what is doing Peaks do? Because Peaks doesn't really do have any effects. They're not. They weren't pokes. Yeah, CPLDs. A lot of times, the peaks will change states. Uh, Dragon Bite says if you hold uh, down the shift and turn on the cocoa, it will bypass the auto exec stuff. Just so you know. Yeah, but people have to remember that, and I'll bet you ninety percent of them don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is there a way, to, way to X? That's why we're mentioning it here. Right, well, number one, anybody who wants to use Nitrous 9 is demented anyways. So if they're having problems <laughs> using it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, uh, what is this all about anyway? <laughs> okay, so it's, I, only, it's the only place you can play Shanghai with alternate tile sets. It's the only place you can have Dexter load you as a mortal and start on any level you want. Uh, so get sorry, back to the original thing because I got and, I, and I'm not wasn't picking on David. So hopefully he doesn't think I was. So this is one of the few times I wasn't picking on David. But I don't understand what the original statement was or the challenge of this was. So can we? It go? was basically a power user thing, so you can just automatically boot straight into Nitrous Nine as soon as you turn your cocoa on. Yeah. That's it. Using like, like the Nitrous Nine installed on a ROM without having to go through a menu to select it first or anything else. If if you if you don't want to waste the time doing that and you just so say no so again so what was he saying then? He was saying basically change your SDC to boot to the ease of use disk, but then on that disk you have to change the auto bass to auto exec bass. Yeah, and then it'll automatically boot as soon as you turn. But your and again, and I'm sorry, I know we're going in circles here, but I don't understand why you need why it needed to have a different name when it would never come up unless you specifically pointed. I, I, I to did it. that because the image has the auto exec built in, which means if you turned your, your if you wanted your startup configure thing on your SD card and told it as soon as you see an auto exec you know, run and you've got the Nitrous Nine as your default mounted drive zero. You would automatically boot nitrous okay, so every you're, single so time you turn the machine. You're renaming on. it was a fail safe in case somebody didn't want it to auto boot. And most people don't. Okay. All right. I mean, 
that's 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 the, I mean I'd, I'd love it if everybody can go adapted nitrous nine completely but that's not that's not feasible. <laughs> All right. And David, I don't know if, if 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 what I said upset you. I was not trying to pick on you. I just I didn't understand and I was literally trying to understand. Um so um Yeah, he Oh, was me. He hey, left, by the way. Curtis, is there a way to X OS uh to the SCP? So you're breaking up there on what? <clears throat> is there a way to exit OS uh, Nitrous 9 to STC cleanly, or do you have to? Uh, you can hit reset twice. You can do the control push. reset. Either so, way works. So there, there really or is the no way. Command. Is there a way to exit OS 9 and at all to get back to uh, RS-DOS? Yep, reset. there's uh, three ways. You can either hit reset twice, or you can hit control alt reset. Or you can run the reboot command dash B, I think, for booting right to RSDOS. Okay. Interesting. All right. I still don't fully understand it, but that's okay. It's not that important. <laughs> it's, it's meant for power. You just I, obviously you're not I, one. So I just I just <laughs> I you know. Stevie, you can set the STC to 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 run anything you want. And I I, yes. I understood yeah. that. I was not confused yeah. about that. I just didn't understand why we were talking about booting directly, but in order to do it. We'd because have to rename something before we could do it. Well, basically, we've added the option of booting directly, okay. but I've disabled oh. it by renaming the file. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Somebody, yeah, move somebody on. said... Oh, you don't want to hear Move on. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Somebody in chat clarified perhaps It's what? two hours nine for me. Nitrous nine is done. Okay. What were you going to say, um, Nick Morota? Sorry. Somebody in chat said, I think the clever trick that David is using is combining the AutoStart basic program disk image and the actual Nitrous 9 disk image into the same single file. Yes. Does that sound yes. right? That is true. That's what we're missing. So that, so that you can distribute one file, not two. The current distribution has two files. It has a boot disk and it has the hard drive image. Yeah. What David's trick does is it allows you to distribute one disk image, which can be booted on an SDC. That's the summary, one yes. line summary. Yeah. Yes, and that is value added. Okay, and so would that, would that mean it would have to be a completely separate SD card for this purpose? That's probably the easiest uh, way to do it if you are one that you know jumps between the two worlds. Okay. You can just make it a Nitrous 9 card and just pop it in and you okay. immediately boot. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm Game not... On. I'm not trying to be difficult. I still don't understand it, but we're going to drop it because I don't think we're making we're going to yeah, achieve anything by talking in circles here. Um, I'm not sure why. Next. All right. It turned very contentious. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to get that, but we're moving on. We're moving on. All right. So, are we? Uh, or no? Or don't? What we? Uh, Rob, I can hardly hear you. You're like in a. You're like in. It's not important what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, have we pissed off everybody yet or no? Is there anybody here who we, who we haven't uh, pissed off? Not yet. Um, all right. No. And I'm. I, listen, I was not no, trying to be I'm, difficult listen, with anybody. I had a hard time understanding what the value added was until Dragon Bites uh, explained us. Now I get it more. So I think that was, I don't think some of us were seeing what was done that couldn't be done another way. So David added a trick that we weren't, it wasn't clear. And I think Dragon Bites and uh, cleared it up. I believe. <laughs> oh, well, maybe for him. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna uh, uh. we're gonna we're gonna move on, and and maybe next week we can have a follow up 
Hey, Tony. Tony no. Jacques. Uh, all right. So we're going to move on to Game On. Nick Moroda, are you ready for Game On? We're going to do our I don't intro. know. Are you guys in the mood for... Uh, for to- Oh, yes. we got it. Yeah, we have to. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, cleanse, let's cleanse our palates. We need to cleanse and, uh, our palates because, yes. Um, do you want to roll the. Uh, yes, we're going to roll. Is there an intro or we're going to roll the intro. Yes. So now. All right, everybody. It's time for Game On. That's right. Where Nick Morota is going to be talking to us about what game we've been playing this week. Are you guys ready? It's time for. Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Nick Morota. What have the kids been playing at home this week? Well, last week we've been playing uh, one of the versions of Quicks, Quicks, or Kicks, Quicks, the Tom Mix version. And uh, we, it was actually this was our best week ever. Uh, We had eighteen participants. Um, Yeah, I'll say we had eighteen participants. One was, yeah, we had eighteen participants. Okay. You'll see the scores and understand why my when talking about. Um, so anyway, if you want, <laughs> if you uh, want to go ahead and roll the video that uh, Rob Inman produces for us every week, thank you, Rob. Uh, All right. So these the are results. these are the results, and here we go. Drum roll, please. <clears throat> Number ten, we have Canadian Retro Things with seventy thousand eight ninety eight. Number nine, Bryza with 88,172. Number eight, Mark Bosley with 90,617. Number seven, Mr. Dave 6809, also known as Sid, 92,379. That's some good scores. Yes. <laughs> Number six, Boat of Card, John from Eagles Retro Gaming, 94,669. Number five, Tom C, 108,037. Tom C from Jersey. From Jersey. Number four, Me Times Three, 115,336. Number three, the Devil Bunny, uh, Aaron from Amigos Retro Gaming, two twenty nine seven forty seven. Number two, Paul Shoemaker, two hundred thirty six thousand six hundred eighty two. Shoemaker Schumacher, I hope I pronounced it right. And number one, back with a vengeance, Buck Owens, five hundred fifty nine thousand nine hundred eighty five. Buck Owens. <laughs> yes, Stevie. <laughs> Every day, Stevie's like, "I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a game." Yeah. Do it. Oh, shame! I have I have usurped Grant Leedy in the in the shame game. Rightfully mm-hmm. so. I should be ashamed of myself. Oh. So here we. So yes, the list in, in uh, order of score. Good video, Rob. As always. I hope I'm not at the bottom. I hope I'm not at the bottom. Please don't be at the bottom. So our honorable mention. You will be. I am. Adam Tandy, David Ladd. Oh, these are not in order of score. Rob Inman, what are you doing at the bottom again? They're in order. Coco Man got three. Coco Man beat me. Coco Man had three. (laughs) I don't know how you get three. Jason, no. Jason, you should have made a video. All right, I'll do worse next week. Owens. 
All right, so, so Buck yeah, Owens. Jason, you need to submit videos, Jason, to show us how to make videos with so, how to make such low oh, scores. How to score the lowest on the game of the week with with uh, being above <laughs> not zero, not included. Zero doesn't count. It's got to be a whole number mm-hmm. above zero. And a positive Agreed. integer. Yes, so. Jason, this isn't the Price is Right showcase showdown. Oh, it's, <laughs> should I bid one dollar? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, well, uh, so anybody want to talk about the game? What they thought? I'd um, like to get back to the whole custom auto exec bass thing if we can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Can, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can set up to launch quicks automatically for those quicks power users who don't want to. I'm sure that's what Buck did. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the game, and, and we had a really good turnout, eighteen people. So and it seemed to resonate uh, really well with the community. Um, so I know Curtis, you didn't play, but I'm sure you played. A, I'm sure you played a lot in your past. I don't know if you have anything you want to say about the uh, about the game. Well, I did notice that some people were using uh, like the game is set up for your composite colors, you know, the VDG color set. So some people, when you pop the Coco Three, it replaces like you know one of the colors, I think yellow with gray or something like that. So some people played it that way. Some played played it with the proper colors. Some you actually did the palette changes to set the green to black, which makes it a bit easier on the eyes type thing. So that's mm-hmm. depending on your preference. I, did I don't really have any tips on playing it though. Really, I, I this was not one of my better games. I know I didn't officially participate, but it wasn't one I played a lot even back in the day. I played it once in a while, but. I, I never was very good at kicks, so. Well, I have a couple of videos. I have a couple of videos that show a couple of different play styles. If uh, I'll show excerpts from them. Sure. Um, so I'll take the screen. Uh, let's see. Okay, can you see my browser window? Yes, we can. Yeah. Oh, shoot, the menu comes. I, I okay. also subscribe to bbw.com. That's great. So, <laughs> so um, the first video is from Rob Inman, which shows a more traditional way that people play by creating, they create boxes. Uh, I, wanna, I should mute that. Yeah, lower the volume considerably. Okay. And also, I got to do which? Which is this one? No. Nope. Which the one is in the middle? Yeah. That one. Middle one. Cinema mode. Yep. Okay. So this is Rob playing, uh, and hopefully the link is going into um, it's a YouTube video. So this is a more traditional way of playing, where you just create the boxes and um, cover more than seventy-five percent to, to uh, claim victory. I did make it to level two. <laughs> Once. I don't know if you did in this video. I was looking for when you actually trapped oh. trapped him. I don't believe you did. Uh, nope. I could be wrong. Not in this video. Um, came very close. So anyway, yeah. So this is the traditional way of playing, where you make the boxes and you, and you trap them. And then also Buck Owens. A few people also did another way where you can actually create a trap. So that's what Buck Owens did. And this will hopefully, what? Why can't? No, it's making like oh, there you go. There. It, it is playing. So this is near where it will 
where he will. So why the hell is he get... doing this on a Commodore monitor for starters? That's that's <laughs> so, uh, that's like he, posting uh, uh, something in the face. He does Facebook. something really funky oh, look here. At that. Though. Like, it's watch, trapped. Yeah. Watch. He'll make the quicks virtually disappear into like one dot. Yeah, he can bring it down to one pixel. So this is why I thought it was really interesting. I've never seen this before. Anybody do this before? Basically, Very now it's difficult to do with the like, enemies. It's like gone. Where did it go? It's like one pixel, and it's stuck. Mm-hmm. So he so he gets like. And now you can do a slow draw and get a big fill, huh? So yeah. he gets because. So he gets the high fifty thousands on the first level. I was able mm-hmm. to get. I was able to get low Look fifty thousands. Look at that! Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I've never seen but, it trapped before. Like, yeah, he basically gets you down to one pixel, which I thought was really interesting. On the first stage, though, on the other stage, it's very difficult with the enemies crawling around. Yeah, but I mean, he did get five hundred thousand, so he's he's obviously yeah. well at the other stages too. Amazing score. The way I used to play in the arcade, because this is based on quicks in the arcade, I used to draw uh, just straight up the middle, just keep stacking boxes up to the mm-hmm. middle, and then you that's, automatically cleared half the screen, and then you just had to work your way across the other half. That's what That I was my too. strategy back in the day. Now, keep in mind, this version of quicks has a more linear quicks than the one in the arcade. The arcade one had a more random moving. Yeah, it was a bunch of lines. Uh, which was the other version of quicks that was made for the Coco. Uh, but I chose this one because it had the slow drawing, and I really like that risk-reward factor. So, um, I, And also, I kind of like the fact that this was a little more predictable in movement. Um, so anyway, so that was so that's uh, so Buck Owens has a Twitch channel you can subscribe to, which uh, if you want to see more of his videos. And um, Rob, do you have a Twitch channel too, but do you play your Coco stuff on there? Uh, I, what's the question? You have a Twitch Sorry. channel, correct? Yeah, yeah, I have a Twitch you, channel. Do you play your Coco stuff on there? Can I you do. get can you see your Coco? Do you want to plug your Twitch channel? Uh it's not right now. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, you can just go on YouTube. I, I stream to both of them simultaneously, so usually they have the same content. Okay. I, so I'm there is SF Night Three on, on Twitch, but I'll I'll I wasn't sure if you want to plug it. Okay, and I want to cool. mention too, Buck Buck actually does a lot of retro gaming for various platforms on there too, not just the Coco, and he's he's a wizard game player on just about everything. So, yes, anybody Buck Owens on Twitch, legendary country artist and awesome game player. Salute. Anybody on the panel want to talk about uh, the game or any experiences or anybody in the chat room? Yeah, I have a I have a good strategy. Sure. <laughs> Can I share for a second? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. It's a quick one. There we go. What the heck is going on there? <laughs> you have drawn a thousand boxes and you've got him trapped. <laughs> oh, he's not trapped. I'm trying to tire him out. <laughs> I don't know if he's got stamina that he has to deal with. Quicks meets Maze World. Oh my goodness! Kind of tired and tried to see who vote first. I mean, we are you trying to see how much can you cover without actually ever reaching the seventy-five percent mark? It's like <laughs> as close as you can get without going over. That's interesting. I did another one Somewhere with the red boxes as well. <laughs> That's funny. There you go. That's cool. 
That's my contribution. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, 18 people, so that's a record. I think this game... Yeah. It could have been 20, but Curtis and Steve... Shame. Shame. Yeah, well, at least I was busy 20. doing something Coco-related. So. Shame. We'll need to get that time. <laughs> hey, hey I, I did manage to put together a, a video that was Coco-related, so... I wasn't completely Coco-neglectic. Uh, Neglected. Does it auto boot with auto exec bass? Uh, I'm working on that, but, but I want to come up with a real simple two step process for doing something that is usually done in a very simple one step process because that to me makes this tons of sense. Well, rename Quick Stop Bin to Quick Stop Biz. Okay. And then you, in case, it, in case you don't want to launch it. Okay. And then there we go. <laughs> we love you guys. So are we, are, we, are, we ready, are we ready to talk about next week? Uh, yes, we else? are so ready. So can I say, Curtis, that this is a tie-in again? You betcha. Tie-in week. So this is another tie-in week with the Amigos Retro Gaming guys. And uh, this will also be a popular choice because I've heard it bandied about as a game that people would like to do. So the game is... Anybody recognize that? I don't see anything. You're not sharing. Well, that's... Yeah, I've been waiting a week, Nick. very well. Uh, oh, double oh. back. So that will be the game of the week. I will mention that the Amigos actually recorded their uh, you know triumvirate of shows here yesterday, a bit earlier than normal. They did actually in the morning. Um, but they have the double back episode on the live recording on Twitch and YouTube, and the actual separate podcast version of the Coco show will come out on Wednesday. So there we With the go. Review double back. That's cool. And so, and we we should probably find the link to the Dale Lear interview too, because it might be nice to hear Dale Lear talk about this and of his other projects too. We have that. We'll have to find that and put that out there. Uh, if you guys check my um, my YouTube um, channel, there's a link for interviews. There's a playlist called Interviews, and in there, the Dale Lear interview is there. Um, okay, I'm looking forward to this. And we already know there are some strategies that we talked about a while ago in this where you could sit perfectly still, get all of the magnets to get above you, and then get them all in one shot. A um, few things like that. So this will be interesting yep. to see how we do. Yeah. And this does keep high scores, right? Is it just one, just like the highest score is what it keeps, if I'm not mistaken? I so. Yep. I can't remember. Yeah. It does definitely doesn't have a high score list. If it does keep no, high I think score, it just has a one. single high score. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that wraps it up for my. That uh, is one of my favorite Coco games. In my personal top ten, this would be in there with Daggerath and a few others. Yeah. Yeah, and an original. An original, absolutely. All right, I'm looking this forward to that. Ported. I am yeah. looking forward to that. Good. So hopefully uh, we'll get uh, good numbers again this week. And because really the fun is having everybody play, whether you know getting everybody to try it and hopefully discover something they never, never uh, really appreciated before. Yeah. Um, because you know, I've never even heard of this game until I got back in the Coco community a few years ago. So you didn't I'm hear of double back back in the day. You're a double back. Nope. Never heard of for, it. Oh, I don't know. What, I think you, you ever go to radio bill, shack. <laughs> the lowest you'll be able to get will be like it. 10 points. I think. I don't think you get less point? than ten. I think I don't think you get less than ten on this one, but I could be wrong. Is it ten? You can go for a record. The, uh, you can go for the lowest score. Carries are worth or the apples or whatever. I don't know. I can't uh, remember. We'll, we'll find out. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm an, so, I'm I'm motivated to play double back. That's a game I understand. It's a game I enjoy. I don't need any convincing or or anything to play that game. <laughs> the, one, the one sad thing is is that Dale had actually done a port of it to iOS on the iPad and the iPhone, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, after he passed away, after about a year, because he obviously didn't renew it, it actually has disappeared from the App Store. Yeah. Oh. Because it was it was awesome on the iPad too. Yeah. You just use yeah, your finger to you draw. Your... Literally draw on the screen. Yeah. So. Ooh. It'd be kind of cool to maybe modify this game to use the X-Pad where you could, you know, draw with the pen around your stuff. That'd be kind of cool, too, you know? Yeah, I have tried it with the Wico trackball. Not that easy. Yeah. Uh, Tony Jacques is asking, has anyone played the Windows versions of Dungeons & Daggerath? And yeah, I have. Yes. Uh, some of my earlier videos on it were using that version. Yeah. And I believe that's been ported to Android, too, the Dungeons & Daggerath. Um, Microsoft.com. Why is it coming from Microsoft.com? You just posted a link. Dungeons of Dagrath. I guess, can you get it from the Windows Store? Interesting. Oh, maybe. Okay, Fred just posted the link to the Dale Lair interview. Thank you, Fred Dufois, our French-Canadian friend. Um, Cool, 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 cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for playing this week, playing uh, Quicks, Kicks, Get Your Kicks on Route 66. Um, Good stuff. All right, that, that does that end the game on segment there? Uh, oh, I've got some uh, regular Game On stories, oh, game but that ends the challenge. All right. All right. So Probably. we have some Game On news now. Who, who was going to say something? Erica? Can I point something? Uh, yes. The sound, when you die on kicks, right? First, the sounds are really amazing. I, I love the sounds of kicks. When you die, that you get the speed up, kicks going about, the sounds are just amazing. They bump on the walls. That's a pretty great game. I think that game, uh, mostly everybody who had a color computer, played that at one time it's a very popular game i think though my score was like something like ten thousand, i didn't even post but i did play yeah well, no, good. no shame there unlike me mm-hmm. or me no it's a good, good game though on the time bandit stuff i think i can break a few millions <laughs> you are right. the king you're the time bandit king for sure man yeah, we showed some of your screenshots last week where you had gotten the secret messages and everything. Yeah, I tried lives. I tried live for testing, and uh, the live software works really fine. But um, it was just that quick game. The two hundred thousand I got lost. But I remember when I beat the game, it was over millions. Wow. Yeah. Great. And uh, the thing is that uh, on the last stage where all the things were closed. There was a message, but I was too young and I didn't know English at the time. Though I did translate and it was a long time ago, I don't remember. Anyway, I'll do it again. Don't worry. Okay, that'd be it's cool. Just, We'd like uh, to see that. Fine. Challenge I, I accepted. I hope to record it as a long play. Excellent, excellent. Um, all right, so Curtis, you got Game On News. Are you going to cover this or is Nick covering this? Curtis. Uh, yeah, I'll do this. this okay. part. I, did you want to break first or did you want to go straight into uh, no, let's just go straight in. We've we've had a few breaks. Does anybody does Ron Delvo, do you need to go potty or are you good, Ron? <laughs> You're good? All right, so Ron doesn't need a pee break, so I guess we can we can plow through. Okie dokie. Okay, seeing the screen. Is this a Jim Gary? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be game on without a Jim Gary game. Or two, or five, or ten. And in this particular week, two. So the first one here is a uh, car race game. Can you see your screen, Kurt? Pardon me? 
Oh, no. See it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Might be a bit of a delay there. Anyway, the first one here is an update to his car race game. Um, so he's actually released this one before, but he did some optimizations, et cetera, on it. So a little percentage thing showing you how far down the track you are and, you know, opposing cars and moving highway type thing. Lowest graphics. He actually has pit stops and stuff in it, too. That's pretty cool. Get up to the pit stop. Yeah, pretty cool. How come Nightmare Highway doesn't have pit stops? <laughs> well, obviously, because Ken's not as prolific up. as Jim Gary. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nightmare Highway has sudden stops. Nightmare Highway always has couches, though, so that's a bonus. So. Yeah, that's the real question. Why does this game not have rogue furniture? <laughs> yeah, it's unrealistic. Cars. It's unrealistic. Cars. And then the second Jim Gary game is another update. It's a uh, Night Very Blitz. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, more. I like how he actually has the planes you know, rotating in low res too when you're steering. Yeah, that reminds me of like Atari Combat. <laughs> Yes. That's very yeah, cool. It does. And really nice speed, too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you say these are, are these MC10? Yep. Though mm -hmm. so these will work on the Coco, too, if you just convert the, the code over. I need to get my MC10 going. Jim's doing some awesome stuff on it. You know the lower part, the image down there, the, the city? Yeah. It looks like, it, it reminds me of, uh, what was that, the, the Atari 2600 game, uh, uh, similar to Missile Command, where the things would go. Oh, oh yeah, that's Atlantis. Atlantis, Atlantis from iMagic. Yeah, this, so this seems to be so Atlantis look-alike. Yeah. So yeah, this is a neat. Game I wonder if he's doing. Uh, he, yeah. he can't be doing set and reset on this, right? This has got to be printing, right? Yeah, character to that kind of speed. Yeah. Yeah. To get the speed. No, I've seen a pretty cool game. I've seen other games where he can plot faster. Maybe the the game logic takes a lot of time. Yeah, but it's still pretty quick. Mm -hmm. He's not using that new if then thing we discovered thanks to him. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely not. If, if, and it's no longer, yeah, you know, it's if, if. <laughs> yeah, the if then stuff is amazing, truly. So I mentioned that the Amigos did their, their pre-record of uh, like they do the bulk of their shows on Friday and then they release them gradually depending which show it is on certain days of the week. So I won't, I won't play the double back episode coming up Wednesday. If you guys want to see it, it's a part of their YouTube, you know, three hour stream of all their shows put together or on Twitch. But they did release another one that John did, which is, uh, I know Steve commented on this as well, about doing a side-by-side, -side, because, of course, the ongoing argument is the Donkey King on the Coco versus the official Donkey Kong on the Atari. There's no argument. No, I mean, listen, I, I number one, I like being able to see these two games side-by-side. -side. I love how they produce the video. I love how you can switch between, you can see the speakers under the one that's currently making noises. I think the only thing I really didn't, and this is just me personally, when you when you post a video in a Coco group, 
and your comment in the Coco group is, the Atari version is superior. I'm just thinking to myself, well, what kind of friends are you trying to make here? Because, <laughs> you know, them's fighting words. So, um, you know, and, and you, can, you can sit here and get into the semantics of the technical differences in the machines, but there's no doubt the Atari 800 uh, version looks and sounds better because it had better hardware. Um, so... A trooper looks a lot better than, than all of that. No hardware comparing is not. Like the sound of him beating his chest, the fact that you've got the background music, you know, you've got real sprites. I mean, there's a couple things to say. I mean, other than the hardware differences, obviously the Coco has to do a lot more heavy lifting itself. But, but they tried to get it, you know, some of the screens, like the girder screen, for example, more ma closely accurately matched the arcade yeah. version. There were some big inaccuracies in the Atari version, though. Like the barrel level is is like... Oh, because Donkey Kong's on the wrong side? On the wrong side. Nobody could, five, everybody well, wrong did that. Wrong number girders, too. Yeah. That's the reason they put them on the wrong side. There's only six. Five. Yes. Sorry. Well, including a little... Yes. Also, the, now, the girl's misproportionally sized. She's as big as Kong, so apparently she's about 40 feet tall. <laughs> now, not that ours is perfect either. The barrel level on oh, ours, no, no. you don't, you only have to hop up to the top, girl. You have to climb. Like, there's, ours isn't 100% either, but it's, it's a lot closer. And I, I think, think it's interesting what they do when they put Pauline, how she switches sides when you get over there. Um, I think the arcade does that. Mm, oh, no, because oh, she's Atari above it. She's above it. Oh, the Atari you, version, you mean? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I don't know. I think. Yeah, ours just switches direction she's facing, I think, if I remember. And I mm -hmm. think that's what the arcade version does is Pauline just stays in the middle and turns around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it too is though that the Coco version actually came out before the Atari version because the Coco one came out in the end of 82, probably about the November, December time frame. And the Atari one didn't come out till I think about mid 83. So the Coco one actually preceded it by six months too. So. Yeah, see, I'd never seen this Atari version either too. I didn't know it had these levels and the animations and the intermissions and stuff like well, that. Well, some of the intermissions and stuff on the Atari one... Um, we're on the second version. The first version did not have all those things. So they did a revised version years later Ah, that updated it too, okay. which I mean, if you want to get into that, well, we can just throw in, you know, John Kowalski's Donkey Kong. Okay. That was done later too. Yeah. And that's arcade perfect, but, but it was, it was, it was just fun that he, you know, that, that, this, you know, this has kind of become the ongoing, ongoing joke between Aaron and, and John and, and well, Nick and me and John and we'll pretty well the Coco community and John. <laughs> yeah, superior, so. yeah. The world versus John. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you could you could make the same argument that you know just about any game on the C sixty four is going to be superior because it has a sound chip, it's got sprite chips, it's got you know it's got more color. So any system that's got more hardware is going to be you know if you've got graphic hardware, you've got a color palette register thing, and you've got sprite chips and hardware scrolling, you've got all those features you you're going to be better and so you know but that's like saying a bmw is better than a hyundai you know you're there's there's more there right so um and I, at the end of the day it's 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 your opinion and what you like and I, i'm yeah. not going to sit here and, and and be so blind to say no the coco version's better than the atari version because the atari version looks more arcadey with the because it has the the palettes 
But that depends what you're looking for, though. Are you looking for the gra- the technical specs, or are you looking for the accuracy? Like, like it depends what you're looking for. Right, right. Well, and that's that's the thing. Yeah. When it comes to what your what your an individual's preference is, you know, I could sit here and say, "Hey, listen, I love chocolate ice cream. It is the best ice cream in the world because I feel chocolate ice cream is superior." Somebody else could say, "No, I like strawberry." You know, are we both wrong? That's just our opinion of what we think the best flavor is. So, um, yeah, they're just different. No, yeah, no there's licenses also to consider. The Atari one was licensed. The Coco one was illegal. No. Right. So right, I right. to say independently produced. Yeah, yeah but that's what I mean. So, yeah, the, there's a lot of things that are impressive about the Atari one. But the, the you could there's a lot of things we could say about the Coco one that says, listen, this was this guy, Chris Latham, did this at home. You know, one guy, yeah. this was his pet project, and he produced you know without the benefit of a studio and licensing and and you know all these other things all these other um, things he did it on his own that's impressive you know and the fact that a computer without a sound chip and without sprites was able to pull off a very playable game is also impressive but i think john also mentioned this ran on a 4k or 8k system back in 19 you know whenever it came out so yeah, because I think it came in ROM cartridges. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, because we don't have all those features, we have to create software to it, yeah. to do all these things, right? So what yeah, a, show I think, the Apple II version, uh, Curtis. I've already closed the window. So. I think part, <laughs> oh, okay, of, the, I think part of the initial kind of, uh, and it, it's really been fun. But I think part of the initial headbutting was uh, John didn't care for Donkey King at all, whereas Aaron, who's who's the other, yeah. really likes it. And so it was like, John, what are you talking about? Donkey King is great. So even on their side, they've got their like, own. Much it. like Curtis and I, how I'm right and he's wrong. In yeah. this case. You know, you have uh, and and Aaron's even commenting in chat. He says, "I prefer the Coco version every time. It plays more like the arcade, and I have to agree with that yeah. myself too." <laughs> now, so, as far as sound, I mean, obviously, we won't be able to compete with sound chip because we can do we can do multivoice music, but it has to be like in between scenes because you can't do it simultaneous until the Coco Three came out. But I tell you that uh, whenever you jump or pick up a treasure, and uh, the sound makes the whole game stop. Yeah, that makes it dramatic kind of slow motion into the game. It's not something bad. And I actually like it better than not having it. Or maybe I was used in, to in it. In Donkey King, I, it, I don't see it as a hindrance, I but like I tell it. you which which one did mess with me was Donkey Monkey. Because in Donkey Monkey, when you jumped over a ribbit, the sound stopped the game, but, but it also, it interrupted your momentum. So you had to keep holding the joystick in the same direction, or you would literally mm-hmm. fall through the hole in the middle of the jump, which was just... Yeah, because you can steer your jumping in Dunkin' Yeah, Monkey, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So that one I found, <laughs> I had to, played that one. I had to like work around the, the back-asswardness of the game design. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been interesting. I mean, even John's admitted, like, one, one thing they try to do in their show when they're doing, you know, some of the other machines is that they try to base the review on knowing what the hardware limitations were. Yeah. So this is more like a tongue-in-cheek thing between Aaron and John because obviously the Coco is, you know, trying to brute force its way through with purely software to do stuff that's covered on the Atari or the Commodore or some of the other versions that's, you know, covered by hardware add-ons they already have built in. Because John's objections to Donkey King were not related to the technical specs of the Coco. He, he thought it didn't play enough like the arcade for him to enjoy it. Which I disagree. And with. that's this guess yeah. the chocolate and vanilla. Who you know, which one do you so. which one is your favorite? It's up to that individual. So yeah. and but to be honest, like- John has openly admitted he hates Donkey Kong, period, no matter what platform it's on, whether it's the arcade or whatever, too. He's just not a fan of the game. So And that's the and again, Curtis and I are being tongue in cheek, but 
Curtis feels that Lancer plays more like the arcade joust. And I well, let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm not trying to bring that up again, but again, it's just like, you know, what are you looking for? You're looking for arcade accuracy? Are you looking for, you know, so. It's in the eye of the beholder. And yeah. I don't really think Curtis is wrong in that. That's just, that's just we have fun with that. No. So. Yeah, I know. Th- both both games are good. Both no, have Same as Donkey King and, and the, you know, the Atari version of, of Donkey Kong. But really, the more, important, the more important question is, is, should it be auto-exec bass or just auto-bass? That's really <laughs> <Stop> what... right <laughs> there. Oh. Eve, you're making enemies today. I hate to tell you. You're going to have some apologizing to you later. Uh, uh, somebody owes me an apology. <laughs> oh, you just almost closed the window there. I did close the window. Noom nuts. <laughs> uh, let's see if I got the... Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that just keeps giving. Oh, yes, it oh, is. That's bad. Okay. <laughs> now, who is this? Eric? Sperano? Is that how you pronounce it? Spirano? Sperano. 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 Well, is this the Tetris thing? Yes. Oh, he's now, just I learning 6809 assembly language, so he decided to make a Tetris clone called Spetris. And he's yeah, actually got it up good. on his GitHub, yes. and he's got video. Really good. And if I remember correctly, if I do this, it screws up. Yeah, this is really good. Oh, I remember seeing this one. Yeah, and then That's when very it, fast. Yep, and then when it fills in, it like stars across the bottom line and the whole nine yards. Yeah. I remember watching this. Man, really, well really good. Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of based on the original uh, text version from Russia because they, they did it in a text mode like this too. And even the OS nine Tetris is actually done on the forty column screen with colored text characters like this as well. I've seen DOS versions well, like this too back in yeah. the day. Well, Tetris suits the SD four mode uh, and very then, well. And then there's one where he does it. It's just in text yeah. mode, right? Same thing yeah. later on. Just shows just the characters. Uh, Color monochrome. Okay, so this is monochrome, huh? Yeah. This is so beautiful. It is. <laughs> and the fact that you can slide it under while it's still moving, too, that's great. Yeah, yep. the speed the stuff moves yeah. is impressive. That's cool. And he's got the source code up in his GitHub, too, so if anybody wants to take a boo at it. Hmm. Yeah, well worth, well worth the uh, checking it out. Well worth the price of admission. Mm. Now, did he call his file auto bass or auto exec bass? <laughs> <laughs> Probably re- he renamed We're back to that, are we? He renamed it. Uh, oh, 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 for asparagus sake. <laughs> You're going to have to buy somebody flowers. I, pro- I mean it. <laughs> you got to send flowers to somebody. Buy me flowers yep. anymore. Really? <laughs> really? Okay. What do we got Next here? one up. Let it, Allison Denu is a new to. member in the Coco group here, has uh, said, yeah, well, it's no Nightmare Highway, which is the ultimate in you know, yeah. shooting yourself in the foot, I think. <laughs> uh, but I wrote a little game for the Coco123, hope you enjoyed, called Xenocide. Now, I have not had a chance to play it. It looks like Alan did. And I think Alan had to leave. I don't think he's still in the Did she by any chance have an Atari 800 comparison that she called Superior Oops. while she was talking about hmm. this? Most likely. <laughs> so I don't know anything about the game. I never had a chance to try it. Is anybody on the panel besides Ellen, who I think is left? Give it a shot. Uh, it seems like Steph is shooting. It looks like uh, looks like you got these nuclear bombs going around the planet, like we're playing nuke the world or something. Uh, I'm really interested in this. Yeah, that's interesting. 
I mean, Alan's comment is intriguing. He says, wow, there's a lot going on here. The sound effects are very, very cool. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. We'll have so. to check that out. I'm glad you caught that. I remember seeing it, and I was hoping you were going to talk about that. Um, and this is actually kind of related to Game On in some ways, but um, Paul Shoemaker actually has some of the original discs for some of the games we've done on the Game On oh, Challenge spot. Like, oh, neat. Cool. Neat. They so look these really are the original pre- discs of Time Bandit and Quicks, which we just literally completed. They look so. really that's pristine, great. too. Like, real clean. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know if that's the original jacket for the Tomics, because I know the Tomics games I have that came on disc actually came with, you know, the big TM logo in gold on the actual oh, jacket wow. of the disc itself. So, mm. But maybe that changed over the years. I'm not sure. Awesome. That's it's pretty rare we see the original software uh, from this era still kicking Yeah, because I don't remember buying any original software. And in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> now I want a floppy disk just for aesthetics. Yeah, all mine had the well, little... We the labels. Yeah. I mean, the, I've got some of the ones from this era myself, but most of those are on cassette. I didn't have the disk drive at that point, so... Yeah, I had those on cassette. Very clean. Very pretty. Mid-strong in 3D. That's just mm-hmm. a nice... And an intriguing comment from Steve Ostrom here said, maybe an interesting story about Quicks from Tom Mix. I wrote a basic text adventure for Tom Barely called Shipwreck, and I do remember seeing the ads for it. So we'll have to maybe get Steve on the show here and kind of review the Shipwreck game at some point. Hmm. Hmm. But the interesting part of that story here is that he mentioned that he was actually approached uh, about doing uh, Quicks for the Coco, and he started it, and then he wasn't able to finish it, and then Claude Gagnon's version came out. Okay. Not too long afterwards. And he's also, I think, the guy who did the Monopoly game for Tomix as well. Mm. Yeah, I liked Monopoly. Yep, that's the one. Very cool. Next ah. up, you don't see this too often on Coca Games, but a complete playthrough of an educational game, start to finish. Who did this? Uh, this was done by... Uh, Michael Pitsley, whom I'm not familiar with. Okay. Carefully, you might learn something. Educational. Okay, we're going to do a video of the uh, Walt Disney. And this is the older Walt Disney stuff that was actually on cassette. Government on the TRS-80 color computer from beginning to end. Goofy covers government. Here we go. (laughs) Doesn't get political now, does it? (laughs) Is this this a game that Stevie can get the level to? (laughs) Uh, it's actually loading it from cassette. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's using the green background. Yeah. Gorsh. Gorsh. Gorsh, Moogie. I'm getting educated on the government here. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I think it's the uh, white, actually. I think he's... Um... Oh, it's actually doing the cassette audio. He's got the audio on coming through there. Oh, my. That's great. He has kind of camera tints just off, Nick. Yeah, I'd say so. so, because he's got some blue in there. Yeah. Some of the other Disney games did the uh, cassette audio as well, like yeah. the Black Hole-related ones. Yeah, it's kind of a nice feature, because you had actual recorded dialogue coming through your computer, and that was about the only way to do Multimedia, it. Multimedia, back, back before it was a name for something. Yeah. Everything. The See, Gunstar could have done that, Nick. Could have had a cassette that he plugged in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could have said, and the animation of Goofy blinking his eyes is cool too. They actually did a good job on that. Mm -hmm. Great, those are really great graphics. Yeah, high res. Oh, they get some animation there. Yeah, they had a company that was good at that. Why are we stopping here? 
We're picking up a photographer I know. Lots of water on, water off. Yeah, get. Yippee Coco. Yeah, so it's it's cool that they are still able to get the artifact color to come through in that green palette mode. So the, the green mode. It might just be the 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 camera on the screen though. I think this is actually. I think Nick's right. I think it's actually the white one. It's just that it's the tint is way off. The color temperature's off. off. Because you you can get very dulled artifact colors on the green mode, but you wouldn't yeah. get a blue that bright. Hmm. No. Anyway, I won't spoil the ending for you. You'll have to go check out the twenty minute video on your own. Wow. So does it get to the part where there's a Russian collusion comes into the government, or is that in the sequel? <laughs> uh, no. If we could spend that much time in the auto exec dot bath, we can't watch this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this one was posted on Facebook. This is from John Hancock. I guess does you know regular stuff there, and he's got a his cocoa cartridge collection. He kind of goes through. Well, what the hell happened there? What the hell happened there? Did you get for using a Mac, Curtis? No, I swiped the mouse with the button next mm. down. Apparently. All right, YouTube, right on. Cool. Well, let's now we have some time. Let's talk about that auto exec bass thing. <laughs> 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 Holy grails, huh? Does anybody watch this guy's channel before? Apparently, he's fairly, fairly popular. Not me. That's a very Sega inspired. The Immortal John Hancock here, and today I'm sharing with you my Tandy Color Computer Collection. The Tandy Computer was a classic computer, came out in 1980, and it was out over a decade. There were several cartridges made for it, and I'm sharing with you what I've collected over the years. So sit back, relax, mm -hmm. and I hope you enjoy the video. What are like two we'll hundred? Skip forward through here. So there's his wow. general collection. Nice, nice. You, okay. You, looks like his beard could give Ron Delvo a run for his money. <laughs> I actually have his autograph. Oh yeah. His John Hancock. Ah yes. <laughs> okay. So he's got a mix of Coca One and Two and Three cartridges. Okay. And some of them are are the you know the you know home finance and stuff too. It's not all games. Uh, he's also got like the pistol grip joystick you can see on the right. He's got a Atari converter box. Okay. Uh, one of the old old converter boxes from back in the day. He's also got uh, some of the more modern stuff as well. It's interesting to um, see some third party cartridges here too, like this, uh, um, the Fraction Fever. Was that a Tandy company? No, it was one? Tandy. Oh, was that okay? The one above yeah. it too, Alphabet Zoo. That was Tandy. Yep. So they That's part basically of actually that was what. Uh, Bob Weezer was showing off was that um, series Brian. of Spinnaker games. Yeah. Okay. So Spinnaker was they were licensed through Tandy. I didn't realize that. I thought they were this third party. No, they were the sold through Tandy. Back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice collection. Yeah. And he kind of goes through his zoom up so you can kind of see them. Okay. Know, yeah. I see the Radio Shack label label on there on the, on the Alphabet yep. Zoo. Yeah. And then there's Malcolm Order. Malcolm Order. Nice. Featured on Blister Game Pack. Yeah. Mm. Malcolm Order. And he goes through some of the hardware. For. You can tell that's an old one. It's got the wood grain oh, adapter wow. box. Nice. <laughs> what does he got there? A freaking toilet paper tube for wire management? Yeah, and that's, uh, exactly. It's pretty high tech. Well, when you're isolated and you're hoarding toilet paper, I guess you keep the holes <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. And then he does some game demos of some of his... A really you know, crappy joystick and the Atari 2600 one next to it. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Oh, what happened here, Curtis? What uh, happened? I don't know. YouTube's being a 
biscuit. Today. Oh, it's running a commercial now or something. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, your, anyway, your homework assignment. Yeah, your homework assignment is to look up an ad blocker, Curtis, because they they exist. <laughs> um, Cuthbert Dragon. This is our the guy who's new to making dragon videos, right? Yeah, and he records it on real hardware on a real composite screen. Uh, so you get screen reflections, everything else. So they've been bumping up a few more for this week. Most of these we've kind of seen before, so I won't you know go through and play them all like screaming ab dabs and doodle bug with the alternate color set that they used in, in the UK because they didn't have uh, NTSC artifacting, Jet Set Willy. Um, Dragon Bandito. I don't know if we've seen this one before. It's a. Uh, you sure it's not Bandit O? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, this is just to confuse Nick <laughs> with yet another Bandit. Bandito game. We've got I, four like or five the, I like the load screen. Very neat load <laughs> screens. Bandit. Oh, do you want instructions? I like the font there. Nice font. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, nice. Nice. This is not one I've seen before, so this was a new one to me. Is this possibly in basic? Because the sounds sound like they are. Could be. I don't, I'm not even sure, to be honest. But it's... But the scrolling's obviously in ML, because that's too fast yeah. for basic. But. Oh, he's winning pounds. This is a European currency. <laughs> I like one of the symbols is the Dragon 32. That's pretty cool. Yep. I know we had numerous of these on the Coco side of things bar, too. Bar, there, bar. This is a rather well done one for Monochrome. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the end of my game on. All right. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. All right. All right. Well, I think that's most of the stuff. Do we have any parting thoughts? Ron Delvo, are you getting ready to say something? No, I thought Rick, I heard your voice. Uh, Rick, Yulin, uh, you haven't interviewed yet. Well, we're going to save that. Well, we're right? going to do a full interview with Rick. Uh, there's there's a lot of history to cover there. Yeah, and make sure uh, we sure. we really get into the whole auto exec bass thing when we do that. We have it all. <laughs> hey, hey, I have many options. Do <laughs> 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 you still have any repack cocos there, Rick? Or? Oh, geez. Um, yes and no. We've uh, went through an adventure getting a cocoa running recently. I probably have the world's only, just basic only Coco Three. It uh, it'll run both speed pokes. It'll run just basic. It'll run the STC. It'll run the STC in an unupgraded multi, multi pack, which shouldn't work. But it won't run OS Nine as soon as soon as OS Nine P two comes on. That's it. It's done. So I built a wholly different dead Coco to get myself online recently, and we'll make this like a. Tribute challenge, I guess, or something. What <laughs> the heck? Just basic only Coco 3. How can Steve, I um, Steve you got a Marantes version. Yeah, I was going to say, Steve, yeah. would, Steve would buy that. I'll swap ya. <laughs> <laughs> Coco, you. Know, that fits my shirt so well. Yeah, it's a feature. It's a feature. It's a, it's a prevent OS 9 inhibitor chip that's going on in there. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brand new, beautiful, no dust inside, never been used Coco 3. 512K candy, C65, C66 clipped. Can't talk anymore. Um, should be great. Okay. Yeah, because you you did a lot of stuff. I mean, you ran your own company that did hardware and stuff, and then you also ran ran the column in World of Six to Eight Micros there for years. And 
repaired cocos for you. This is probably the hundredth or hundreds and more cocoa that I've taken apart and put back together. First one I've ever seen that I couldn't make work. So pretty fun. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of history to go through when you do the full interview there, and we'll, we'll get into some of your columns and some of the hardware, like the 16550 based uh, serial card you did, which is one we're definitely interested in because we want to get the driver from that and use it on the newer versions of those cards. Hence the Cocoa Recovery Project. Can I already Have go? you had Cocoa up and running all these years? No, no. I was a Linux admin for years. I couldn't do anything computer that wasn't my forced job. I just didn't have the stamina. So, now I'm back. All right. Yeah. Well, we're grateful for that. Great. And we have, uh, we've had a great panel today. We've had, uh, we've had uh, Australia and Brazil, Canada, the United States, uh, David Ladd. So, we you know, we've had people from all over the place on here. Um, and uh, Rob Inman, we had uh, lots of, of OS 9 being shown off on the show today. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, <It's hoary. laughs> we're sorry. Right. So it is, it's a box of chocolates with this show. You never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, so do we, should we go ahead and run the closing credits and then we'll come back for some parting thoughts. Sure. I don't think that. So we're going to go ahead and run the outro and then we'll be back for some parting thoughts and hopefully put a fork in this train wreck and we should be done soon. Now, I just need to find where is my outro. Here's my outro. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to CocoTalk at CocoTalk.live. CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Cocotalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Cocotalk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Rondell Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. 
talk train wreck is over and we welcome you to the last surviving car join us in zoom for coco talk Calus, a recap of today's show coco talk caboose starts now All right, we saved the best for last, the end of the show. <laughs> uh, uh, that, uh, the train system does not use cabooses anymore. <laughs> what a shame. That's why we got a good deal on it. <laughs> well, I definitely want to thank everybody who's been here on the panel, especially some of our not-so-frequent guests like Erico and Frederique and, uh, and uh, Rick. Um, thanks for being here and all our usuals for being here too. Thanks guys for our game on segment, pretty active and lively chat today too. So Amigos Retro Gaming is out there, Nick Morota and Fred Dufois on Facebook and, um, uh, lots of people, Rob Inman in the live chat, Mark Overholzer, Ken Reichard out there in the live chat, Dragon Bites, Rogelio was out there, Dave and Sharon was there. Also in here, um, you name it, you guys were there. Thanks for being here every week. We certainly appreciate that. Um, anybody have any parting thoughts, anything they want to talk about as we get ready to shut this down? Well, I would just like to say everyone stay safe. And uh, I'm going to say safe because I have my one liter bottle of uh, hand sanitizer made by a local uh, or regional <laughs> distillery so it's in a liquor bottle but it clearly says on it do not drink okay so i, I won't drink it but, uh, what could possibly go wrong i, I don't know I, I think glycerin is probably not lose. something i want to drink blindness methanol yeah it's a, i mean it's putting a, hand sanitizer in a liquor bottle what could possibly go wrong well, it's a, it's 80, it says it's eighty percent ethanol, but I'm all, not, you, I'm, all I'm, you really need is to stick a rag in the top of that thing. You've got a perfect Molotov cocktail. <laughs> so it's just, you know what? I bought two, so I I have a backup. But um, uh, it's, it's a type science, of I, I, science, so, science with Jameson. Yeah, I do. How's yeah. how the price compared to vodka? Uh, this was about ten dollars U.S. for a liter. So that's it's a little it's a little less than vodka because you're not paying the you're not paying the uh, the uh, alcohol tax uh, you know the sin tax as some people may call it but uh, but it was one of the uh, the uh, one of the Pennsylvania distilleries stopped making uh, out, uh, making liquor and started making hand sanitizer there's yeah. a shortage of it so it's good stuff good stuff by the uh, by Faber Liquors to do to do something like this pretty cool and uh, just happen to stumble across the good stuff it's some yeah. patri- patriotism crap. I was able to buy some General Motors uh, toilet paper. Oh, Six yeah? rolls for eight bucks. Six yeah, rolls for eight bucks. Over. Instead of making cars, they're making toilet paper now. Okay. What? Is, 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 it, like the, is it like those blue those blue shop towels? <laughs> no, they got to use like shop a, waste for something. Yeah, right? Is it like a CVS receipt? <laughs> yeah. Um. I do. I do want to. This this show really helped me get through some hard times lately because I was really struggling with this whole auto bass, auto exec bass thing. So I, I was. Oh I my wanna, gosh! I want to thank this show for getting me through these troubling times. Um, <sighs> like to thank Nick Morota. For without him, Stevie, nothing would be possible. Yes, Rob Inman. Uh, 
David Ladd has posted your home address and told people it's an emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on David. I was never trying to pick on David. I, I understood what David said when he said point to this file, but I didn't understand why we're pointing to a file that then had to be and, and again, whatever. Okay, so I'll never understand. Stop right there. <laughs> yeah, I, just I think I, I'll I'll explain it to you later, Stevie. Okay, I'll, use, I'll use small words. Use small words. Speak yes. very slowly yeah. and clearly. Enunciate. Half an hour of our show went to I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's auto exec dot dot asparagus. Uh, <laughs> I figured out the fix. Use the Mac print, print screen command. Okay. Curtis knows it. I don't have that yeah. button. He's the only uh, one who does, besides me. I, I think the solution is just to go play double back instead. There we go. Yeah, there you there go. go. Yeah. Got to double back again. And, All uh, right, and, so ch- and check out the interview. Take up double black and play a little back. Shanghai. Yeah. Check out the Dale Lair interview too. That that's a good the one. Dale Lair interview is a great interview. Yeah, yeah. we did uh, we did get a request for a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of nightmare highway stop right there. Thank you very much. So, uh, um, anybody else? Parting thoughts? Got some time. Thank to you guys for playing the Zaxxon. Thanks for being here, Erica. We appreciate. Hold on. Stop. Oh. Yeah, appreciate. Hopefully my next game is going to be a color computer game. Certainly something like a roguelike game. But get to that point later. Okay. Okay. And Frederique, Thank thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was you always saving my Saturdays. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to have you. Um, yeah, I would love to hear from Ken Reichert to see if there has been a spike in Nightmare Highway sales with all this media attention he's been getting between songs and interviews and stuff. So uh, he might be, you know, out on an island somewhere with all of his newfound fame and fortune. How many Ferraris? What's that? How many Ferraris? Yeah, how many Ferraris has Nightmare Highway gotten him? Yes. So. Yeah. He's get, he's get, getting into Nick Mar- uh, Nick Marenti's money. Uh, all right, he may he, be busy having them add the new wing to his house. There we <laughs> go. There we go. Um, Parking and, garage. Anybody and else have Highway party thoughts? Measure, measured in Austin Minis or Volkswagen Beetles. Uh, <laughs> Would that be like an aluminum shed? Would that be the wing? <laughs> I think it's just one of those little things that you uh, you hide your trash cans in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an outhouse. An outhouse. <laughs> hey, uh, since we've had this uh, virus thing and we're all sheltered, have you guys been able to go back and review some of the Coco Talk shows in the past? No? Yes? Uh, no. I, I'm not really into self-harm. Yeah, why, why would we want to do that to ourselves? I don't understand. Uh, is it I once did, enough? I did create a playlist. I did create the essential Coco Talk playlist where you can get to some hand-selected ones that uh, have some... That's where I got the yeah. idea. Yeah. So that playlist is out there, too. If you're watching me on uh, YouTube right now, check the playlists. And there's a the essential Coco Talk playlist. Um, so you can just kind of fast-forward to all the good parts. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, maybe some double backing and is in our immediate future. Maybe even some double back streaming tonight. You never know. I've been post. I've been procrastinating soldering on my audio cable, which is why I haven't been using my cocoa because I gotta, I gotta plug in my solder iron and warm it up. So it's it's a whole process. Uh, Dragon Bite says, enjoyed the show as always, guys. Thanks for doing it every week. I'm out for now. Be safe, all. Thank you, Dragon Bites. Thanks, uh, Dragon Bites. Are we ready to press the button in this one? Yeah. Push the button, Frank. Okay, on the count of three, I want everybody to say. Caboose is ready to fall off. We, we need we need a new we need a new sound bite. We need to we need a new one of these here. We've already got the. Uh,
So what we need now, on the count of three, I want everybody Auto to say. Bass. No, no, no. It's better. Than that. <laughs> stop right there. All right. So on the count of three, we're all going to say stop right there. All right. So here we go. One, two, three. Stop, stop right, right there. there. All right. <laughs> we're pressing the button. <laughs> Bye.